and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Agwin Report for today. It is Thursday, June 14th, 2018. Well, here it is. All 500 and, uh, 568 pages, 499 pages of content, the rest, uh, appendices, attachments, and redactions, classified redactions. The report from the Office of the Inspector General, Larry Clayman, is calling it a whitewash. You've got um, a number of people, of course, reading it, and it's. Uh, uh, I was I hosted uh, the fourth hour of Infowars. It was on uh, partially with uh, Alex and and then uh, on myself. I'm looking forward to hearing that on the yeah. ride home. Well, you have to skip down to about the uh, about 20 minutes in. Well, that'll be about uh, right when we get out of yeah, here. And... Yeah, that's right. But uh, uh, but going over just the highlights, because it, because it, it was still printing, coming off the printer when I sat down to do the show. And, uh, you know, the uh, here's the bottom line, in my view, just looking at this. The War for Independence, the Revolutionary War, was fought for a lot less. Think about that. We took arms against the British for a lot less. Now, I want you to, I want you to consider that. Well, yes and no. I mean, we were talking about freedom uh, from the well, British independence. You, you take away justice, you take away mm-hmm. freedom. Yeah. We, how free can a country be? without equal justice under the law. How free can a country be with a tyrannical, oppressive, democratic, socialist, left-wing, perverted scumbaggery that is people like James Comey, Hillary Clinton, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, scumbaggery. Um... Loretta Lynch, Cheryl Mills, Heather Samuelson, unnamed FBI agents one through five. I want you to consider my words carefully. If um, if we don't, in my view, if we don't see, and I guess you know what, we're not going to see proper reporting on this. You're going to see, you can toss this into a washing machine, and depending on where the spin cycle stops, you can pull it out, and it's going to be used for political purposes. Now, the body of the report, of the from what I've, again, I've only had a couple of hours to look at this. It's the contents about, you're looking at about 450 pages once you get through the uh, you, you about 400 pages. Once you get through the laws, which 
Okay. Um, the definitions, the table of contents, and, and such. Um, now, the information in there is damaging. The, the response, however, is, well, there was no political bias influence, influencing the investigation. It's 500 pages of political bias. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, some headlines. Um, on Twitter. Pay attention to these. In preparation for tonight's show. Thomas Paine. I might go public with FBI, comma, Obama, and Hillary corruption in what I know as an insider. Will not be watered down drivel like the IG report. He's been threatening this for a while. Thomas Paine, if you are in a position to go public and you've got information, and if you're listening, then I would strongly suggest it's your duty as an American citizen to go public. Yeah, we see that too often. People threatening yeah. the release of information. I mean, just look at Andrew Breitbart. Look, the battle of... Uh, look, the, the, our nation is at stake. Our freedom is at stake. The freedom of our children is at stake. Go public. I don't know what you know. I don't know who you are. But if you say you've got information, publish the information. Paul Sperry. FBI allowed Mills and Samuelson to attend Clinton interview as counsel, even though they were also fact witnesses. Because the mid-year team, meaning the Clinton investigation team, determined the only way to exclude them was to subpoena Clinton to testify before the grand jury, an option we found was not seriously considered. We knew this. We've we've talked about this. Um, the last refuge, you know, on Twitter. Read, but don't focus on the executive summary conclusions. Those two sections were written post facto by administrators in the FBI DOJ leadership. Focus on substance of documented facts within the IG report. And I agree, and Tracy Beans agrees on this as well. Um, James Comey, a man, in my personal opinion, that should be subjected to the United States court system for violations of, among other things, the Hatch Act, perhaps treason and sedition in my view I respect the DOJ's IG office which is why I urge them to do this review the conclusions are reasonable even though I disagree with some yeah I can see where you disagree especially at the reports where they mention your name Courtney T Chris Ray says we're going to retrain every single FBI agent she writes what a joke <laughs> it's funny that you know that you see that headline uh, you know no political bias and then right underneath it FBI orders bias training for employees and right next to the text message uh, FBI agent texted we'll stop Trump from becoming president but no bias and isn't it interesting that Comey himself 
it is now being reported used a yeah. Gmail account to and handle Hillary. FBI Hillary business. Was ecstatic about that. She tweeted out. Oh, of course she did. Of course she did. Uh, mocking the world, mocking the people paying attention, the people pointing to the truth, pointing and exposing the corruption. <laughs> if Look, I had to summarize how I feel today, just it, the, the IG report's not even really that. It's just a, a part of it. it. It's just anger, frustration. Well, the it, whole it, the whole picture. I I get this. The uh, it's interesting how they the FBI. The dialogue when you read the dialogue of the FBI agents, they think you and I are a bunch of pieces of S H I. You know what? This is their own words. Yeah. Okay. Comey has disgraced the FBI. Comey has disgraced, in my view, himself, his family, and in the spawn of his loins. This, to me, um, and and you know, don't don't. Don't send me an email saying, you know, you're low energy and all this. No, I'm very deliberate in my, in my thoughts. Um, folks, we're going to have to do something. You know, right? These people, we are going to have to do something, Joe. These people are able to continue to get away with the, the corruption and the things that they have gotten away with because of the uh, lukewarmness of the public, the apathy. There's no pressure. If there was pressure from the American public, from 1% of the American public, real pressure on these people, you would see some significant changes. If 3% of the public applied pressure to these people to be held accountable, you would see a very quick change in attitude, in my opinion. And what does that pressure look like? Well, that's what we got to figure out. But the American people are apathetic and don't care, or don't want to care, don't want to get involved. The political atmosphere seems to be too toxic today, and people are either fully engaged in it, or they completely withdraw and run away from it. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what that pressure looks like. I don't know if it's, you know, if writing and, and calling Congress no, I, is I, enough. I know what it looks like. No, I'm, just, I, I do too, I, right? I'm not going to construct really it, at least on air. But, but well, you know, again, we are our, our, our forefathers. I, and I, I told my wife today that if uh, Adams and Jefferson and Franklin, Washington, if they were alive today, they probably would would take muskets and descend upon Capitol Hill, descend on uh, what is the Ninth and Constitution. The main justice and FBI, and uh, for for all of you you uh, people out there who believe that Hillary Clinton was the answer and is the answer, you know, uh, reading this IG report to me is you, you've got to be kidding me. The, in my view, the Podestas. Um. That look, we're gonna have Tracy Beans on. Uh, we we have a good show lined up for you tonight, by the way. Tracy Beans. Who else? Keith Hansen. Honeybee. Honeybee. 
and just us in the first hour. Right. Um, but, but I think the, the tree of liberty needs to be watered. Well, obviously the way we're going, uh, I mean, did you read these text messages about, from these FBI agents talking about the destruction of the Republic? Yes. How they hate the Republic? Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was rather interesting. So these are enemies of the Republic, which the Constitution tells us exactly how to handle that. Um, Yeah, I found that that whole sentiment, language, and the whole line of, uh, I found that very objectionable, (laughs) to say the least. Yeah, I hate the Republic, or I hate this Republic. Mm -hmm. They actually type that. If you haven't, here's what I would urge everyone to do. while you're by the your pools this weekend, and while you're by your um, whatever, download the the report and read it. And to, to the snowflakes, read it aloud to them too. Now, I, I look. I, I understand that um, now. The, uh, and Tracy's going to come on, and she's we're going to go through this a little bit more. She's had more time to go through this, but. Um, it's at this point we are going to have to. I think we as a nation, as a population, uh, are going to have to make a decision. And, and you might not agree with me on this. You might say, "Well, you know what? That's uh, you're you're finally off your rocker." But <laughs> but okay. So tell me what. Obviously, we need to pray. Yeah, obviously. Let's just start. Okay. We need to make others known, or make this known to others. Obviously, we need to. There are many things that we need to do. But tell me, tell me if, again, if, if our forefathers, those who put their signatures on the Declaration of Independence, if they were alive today, here's what I want to, here's what I want to know from all of you. If our forefathers were alive today, those who signed the Declaration of Independence, what would they do? Would, what would they do? pen off a fiery letter to the editor <laughs> go to the town square and be told that they can't speak there and pushed into a okay free speech zone we've allowed this country to go so far down it's uh, I-, I question whether we can actually come back up you know in Europe they're talking about the opposition to Brexit and how it's increasing. It's up to 40%. You're talking about globalists, basically, mm-hmm. who are embracing the authoritarian rule. The more I, uh, the more I learn, and I think everyone would agree with this, the, um, the increase of atheism. Have you noticed the, how much atheism or the hatred of God? Have you noticed how much people, the left, the Hillary Clintons, it's just not a disbelief in God. It's a hatred of God. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't know if you saw this. I posted one article, example, on uh, Hagman Report today of an MSNBC interviewing Congressman Jim uh, Jordan, I believe, yeah. where they tried to equate uh, him wanting immigration laws enforced to uh, meaning he's not a Christian because of those beliefs. And then there was a, uh, a, a dust-up in the press briefing room today uh, as Jim Acosta was, was trying to basically catch Sarah Sanders, getting into the, the they're pulling this talking point of, of throwing the Bible and, and, 
uh, Christian beliefs into this immigration debate. But overall, I mean, they do this from their hatred of Christianity. They're trying to say, one, you know, your religion is, is false, and two, uh, you know, we hate you because of what you believe and who you believe in. But under the surface, then if we look at the, the spiritual battle, the whole uh, perversion pushed on children, the homosexual agenda, the corruption, then even the whole entertainment media, Hollywood, satanic uh, systems, all these institutions of power are run by people who absolutely hate Jesus and the people who follow it. There you go. And it's never been more obvious than it is today. They've declared open war on Christians. It is now PC to hate, assault, and demean Christians and, and Christianity as a whole. And all bets are off. I mean, this is just, they, they just opened the door, uh, recently with their, with the media, with Hollywood's overt hatred of Christianity and Christians. So this is just the very beginning of that. Now look at the stuff like abortion. There's a lot, a video going around. Planned Parenthood jokes about, uh, gruesome abortion deaths of heads being stuck and discusses dismembering fully formed babies while laughing. There's a two and a half minute video on this. Yeah, that's okay. evil. So to the blogger in the South, to the holier-than-thou sanctimonious waste of skin in the South that has taken me to task for being a, a, an adept undercover agent and praising the Center for Medical Progress for their exposure, justify that as a self-professed Christian. That doesn't make you sick. Or if it does, you'd prefer to, to take me and Center for Medical Progress to task. You sanctimonious Hypocrite. piece of crap. These are the same people who are on TV talking about, oh, how dare you, how could you as a Christian support these immigration policies but separate the parents from the children Oh, the poor children. We need to take care of the children. These same people who are saying this and, and, and putting these talking lines out there are some of the biggest proponents of abortion. If they really cared about children, they would start there. And especially in this this whole political atmosphere of everything is about race and, and uh, bigotry, the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, her whole mission was to destroy black people. Yet so many black people support Planned Parenthood. In this political atmosphere we have today, if those facts were ever brought to the, the mainstream media and an honest conversation was had about Planned Parenthood, how quickly would the perception of Planned Parenthood change? Or would it? Or would the, le- the, left's, the left's hypocrisy continue? You know, it's, it's sad when we even have to have that discussion considering Planned Parenthood. You know, um, the celebration of the legalization of of the killing of infants unborn yep. unborn infants what kind of society is that and they love it yeah um and then of course the perversions you know we're we're looking at a, a state right now a state of condition where christianity has been perverted uh to accept Homosexuality as, as, as an okay thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as marriage to, you know, as, this, this everything is backwards and upside down. And, and that's just the objective. Uh, 
and, and a lot of this, of course, is my editorializing and, and opinions. And feel free to disagree with me, obviously. And, and, and you know, it's um, uh, the the takedown of our platforms. I, I, I can tell you this: there will be a time when our, our platform will be taken down, and, and the very people I mentioned, like that individual who's celebrating, you know, or to have an issue of me. Is a prof- in fact calling me a professional liar? You see, we'll celebrate the day that that we're no longer on the air. But she's a Christian, and they're all Christians, folks. It's this is serious right now. It really is. Um, You know, I, I'm. I just. I fear. I fear for our nation. I don't know. I'm just going to stop there, and uh, we. You know, the only thing we can do is is we're going to fight. We're going to fight on, and, and I can. Uh, my commitment, our commitment to, to all of you is we're going to fight to our last breath. We're going to fight to our last dollar. We're going to fight to our last day. We're going to do what we know is right. We're going to do what we can to save as much of the republic that the FBI agents so so hate, even if it's just our block. Yeah. And we're going to do as much to keep talking and hopefully convert those people who are convinced that God doesn't exist or or that um, God doesn't have anything to do with any of this or those who mock Jesus. We're going to, we're going to do our best to to keep witnessing to those people, evangelizing to those people. And we've got to pray about that, too. You know, you should always pray yeah. that there is a, a spiritual awakening uh, yes. in some of these people. The people who are able to be saved find that salvation, and uh, that's an important part. As, as much as we do need to expose and resist and, and uh, call out and fight against this evil, we also, uh, the, the evil uh, influences people, and people are still humans. Uh, maybe a lot more evil than some more most evil than of others. Them. Most but of there them, are, I'm not sure. Many of them still have some shred of humanity left that possibly could be reached. And 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 if it is possible for somebody to turn around, you know, you just pray that the Lord makes that happen. I mean, that's all we can do. Well, yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't want to be you know this downing because well, no, it's you know, a, it, it's, it's a somber. Uh, well. Frustrating time right now, it, and it's all day. I felt even before the yeah. IG report came out. It's it's not just the IG report, no. and, and you know the IG report. By the way, Kimberly Strassel does a great job in, in a thread on on her Twitter feed where <laughs> she writes, "Don't believe anyone who claims Horowitz didn't find bias." He very carefully says that he found no documentary evidence that bias produced specific uh, investigatory decisions. That's different, of course. Very well stated, very well worded, and, that, and that's very well noted. But, but you know, when you, when you get to, when you start parsing language like that, and parsing, uh, having to parse, uh, uh language that carefully, you know, it, it reminds me of, well, 
lack, lacking candor or plausible yeah. deniability or uh, gross negligence incompetence yeah. instead of gross negligence. Yeah, it's come on now. Okay, he flipped and lied. And let's look at some of these non-biased uh, tweets and and text messages. Not tweets, text messages. Uh, on four seventeen of the report, they have uh, Strauch, I believe, and another FBI agent talking back and forth. And this is what the agent one. I'm done interviewing the president. Then type the 302, 18-hour day. Uh, Agent 2, you interviewed the president? Agent 1, you know, HRC. (laughs) Future president, Trump can't win. Demographics don't line up. up. America has changed. Then it goes uh, a different to page 412, talking about the Trump supporters. Trump supporters are all poor to middle class, uneducated, lazy POS, aren't fully educated. And then they go on to say this, uh, I forgot about Trump, referring to Trump in some kind of weird spelling, misspelling of his name. No, I, I've seen that on, you know, that's a pejorative on, on the Sada. He can't even act professional. I would rather, I, I'm trying to think of, I would rather, instead of spending time with these people, I would rather stick my tongue in a fan. I would rather have brunch with Trump than to have uh, sit down with Trump supporters like the ones from Ohio that are retarded. These are FBI agent texts. These are just a very few. I mean, there there are so many in there that I've read today and seen referenced that are so much worse than that. But no, no political bias. With a straight face, that's your conclusion. When your report highlights hundreds of examples of sheer political bias... So what is the what are they trying to accomplish? Are they trying to continue to delegitimize the FBI and DOJ? Are they continuing to erode and do what they're accusing James Comey of, which is erode the trust of the American people in these institutions of law enforcement? By the way, we don't. Uh, it's not our job to train the swamp. You got to drain the swamp. That's a reference to something in the, in, you know, we gotta retrain this. I guarantee we'll retrain these people all, it'll be okay. And like, uh, like a, a video I posted on Hagman Report today, Wolf Blitzer, you know, constantly having to reinforce people that they're not fake news, that they're not the enemy of the American people. Same thing with Christopher Ray holding a press conference today on this IG report, telling how, how swell all the FBI is, how wonderful. They're a bunch of good guys and they're doing the right thing. And, you know, again, just like CNN, just like Christopher Way, Ray, why are you trying so hard to sell us that you're not bad people? Look at everything you say and done. Of course you're bad people. And trying to constantly reiterate it and pretend it's not true won't make it go away. We'll be right back with the next segment after this. And welcome back to this Thursday, June 14th edition of the Hagman Report, the day the IG report dropped, and what a whitewash, as some are calling it. You know, the uh, reiterating what we covered in the first hour, no political bias found. Tracy's going to kick your butt when she comes out. I just want to say this, because it's not a whitewash. I mean, if you if Well, you no, no, the initial way. headlines okay. coming out right, of it about right. the no political bias, about... Uh, you know that we I, as I said, I haven't even read it. I'm only seeing 
the the pieces well, out of context and excerpts from other reports. It's and, a whitewash to those people who don't read the details. Okay, that's what I'll say. Okay, and I and I, I want to well, say well, it's a this. whitewash if nobody's really held accountable. You have some criminal that's referrals true. in there. Well, it's not the job of the IG to present uh, criminal uh, referrals. Okay, that's not that's not the IG's job. It's the job of the Department of Justice. But who's the Department of Justice? You got Rod Rosenstein, who looks like a. a <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to. But I mean, what what good does it do to write a report basically uh, that it, it makes no sense to come to the conclusion that there's no political bias when you're you're citing hundreds, if not thousands, of examples of political bias in almost every page. The whole this whole thing is about political bias, a favoritism towards Hillary Clinton so that she wouldn't, you know, go to go to jail as she's running for the the 2016 president. Uh, during the 2016 presidential election against a man who these people hated and said as much publicly between each other. They had their insurance policies. They're going to stop Trump. They're going to, you know, they're doing all these things. The same people who are investigating the Trump Russia, uh, you know, and, and trying to lock up Michael Flynn after altering 302s and, uh, Paul Manafort apparently, uh, th- there were some things said that in this report that bolster Paul Manafort Paul Manafort's case, and we can get into that later, but one of the headlines from the Daily Caller, Viva La Resistance, Mueller team attorney sent anti-Trump text. An FBI attorney who worked on the special counsel's Russia investigation earlier this year sent anti-Trump text messages to a colleague, including one exclaiming, Viva La Resistance, Viva La Resistance. And this is just one of a number of the messages we were highlighting, but uh, the day after the president won, I am numb, the, one of the message says. I am so stressed about what I could have done differently, the lawyer continued, attempting, uh, apparently referring to the FBI's handling of the Clinton email probe, like they didn't do enough. And talking about resistance. So they go from talking about how Trump can't win. They're doing everything in their power to keep Hillary Clinton clear of criminal charges. They're doing everything in their power to cover up the true extent of her corruption and the and in themselves, in the meantime, corrupting their their own institutions between the FBI and DOJ. Then Obama administration, the FBI and DOJ deploying a, a weaponized surveillance of candidate Trump, then President Trump, in an effort to remove him from political office under the the guise of a phony investigation. And it's but still no going political on. bias here. No political bias. Here. But it's still look look. It's understand this. What happened during the campaign is still yeah. going on today. Yep. And let me tell you something, okay? Look, I was I was surveilled by the NSA. Uh, my uh, on my telephone, I was uh, I, I had uh, a ring back, and it was the Utah National Data Recording Center, whatever it was. It was what five years ago. I can't remember it. And people because are the people saying, you were talking to you lie, you lie. Okay, I was right back then. I was correct back then, and I'm correct now. I'm telling you right now. The reason I mention this is because, look, the enemies that we've got right now, they're not going to go away. The Marxist, the Marxist, the pro-Stalinists, uh, who have, in, who have, in, Joe, help me out here because I'm gonna get in trouble if I continue talking. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay, because I'll tell you what. Here's what we're gonna do. Gear up, everyone. Gear up. Wheels up. In 30 minutes, we're coming to pick you up. Who's with me? All right. We're, 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 hey, <laughs> it's uh, at, at this point. But you know, I look at I look at Jim Jordan. I look at uh, uh, I look at uh, DeSantis. I look at Getz. I look at uh, Trey Gowdy. Grow a pair, all of you. 
Uh, Pelosi's already got a pair, apparently, judging by her appearance. Um, but grow a pair and, and, and do your jobs. Do what we the people have employed you to do. You work for us. We don't work for you. You're not royalty. Can you feel, can you feel the anger out there? It, it, but it's, it's, and I just want to make, make it clear. It's righteous. I believe it's righteous. It's, it's, um, we, we, Joe, you know, we, we, we spoke, uh, we, well, we didn't really speak during, uh, between, uh, before the show, but the bottom line is, um, we don't have much time. And I, I spoke with Steve Quayle and, you know, we, we speak about mortality, our mortality. Look, I don't know how long we, either one of us has left or we've got left. The young guys can take over and I hope they can take over. But to, to, to all of you people who are my age, what, what, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow or I'm not gonna be comfortable with my, my children looking at me and in my last breath saying he didn't do enough or after my death he didn't do enough or my grandchildren or those who I in my lineage who have not met yet to say he didn't do enough we, we none of us need statues erected in our honor of course like you know Washington Jefferson and stuff like that but uh, but we certainly need that legacy we need to be true to ourselves we need to be true to our God we need to be true to our, to, the, to the republic we certainly need to be true to the family, don't we? Our families. My wife just came in the studio, and uh, I'm gonna have her come on. <laughs> uh, you can mic, mic up. up, mic up. Uh, what brings you to the studio? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you didn't hear that answer, did you? No, she okay. Didn't. Got to go get supplies. I, I I came into my office and I, I today. This is kind of funny, and guys. I know you. I know there's some guys out there will will relate to this in in a bit of humor. I, I came into my office and uh, my wife was it was it was a busy day. I I was in and out, in and out, and my wife came into the office and then she went to the post office. And, but at some point, I left my wallet and on my desk and. Uh, so I, 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 I don't know. Oh, you know what? She, because she was working in the office today and I took, took my dog out for a walk because I was like, you know, it's enough and I can't. So I come back and I, I look and on my desk, my wallet's all ripped apart. All, all, you know, my identification is all, you know, my badges, everything's like all over my desk. I said, was, was I robbed? And she said, Oh no, I was just looking, I was looking for, for something out of your wallet. And I thought, oh, okay, you know. But, uh, so you guys, I know you, I know guys out there. I know you, you know what I'm talking about, right? She put it all back though. But, uh, anyway, it's, we, we can't, but, but I, I, look, um, I think, I think this is a, a all in all, here's the bottom line, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Joe. I think that this is a move. In a positive sense, I think that anyone who does read the Inspector General's report, and again, I've only gotten about 50 pages in, and I do read footnotes, and I read every sentence, and I make sure I understand, and I take notes on the margin, and 
So I've only got about 50 pages in because I did, I did InfoWars this, this today. And, uh, I, I think anyone who reads this with any degree of, of open and honest approach will see that, in fact, this is devastating for the deep state. This is devastating for James Comey. That James Comey is nothing but a, a nothing but a traitor, in my view. That uh, um, Page and Struck. Well, we know what Lisa Page is, in my view, right? I guess we're just dickering on the price. Same with Struck, the male version. Am I allowed to say that? Can you run that? Can you get my attorney on the phone? See if I'm allowed to say that. Is that defamation? Intentional and. Uh, Intentional infliction of emotional distress. That's the thing today. I was talking to Alex Jones today about intentional infliction of emotional distress, you know. It's a flavor of the month. It's kind of like back in the, in the 80s when, when, uh, the slip and, slips and falls were, were big money, you know, buy you off for 50 grand. Well, basically we know what their price, you know, or we know what they are. We're just tickering on the price, right? Hey, you know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking to. All right. Help me out. I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. Of course, see, I'm going to read these words. Uh, trust me when I tell you, I'm going to read the transcript from this, okay? I guarantee I'm going to read. I'm, I'm going to get it in the mail or probably in, in the mail, and I'm going to be looking at the transcript. And it's always just going to say, why did you say that, you know? Did you really have to say that? It's going to happen to you. It could happen to you as well. Should have heard some of the stuff we were saying before we went on air today. Goodness, uh, we're going to be talking about taking it down a couple hundred notches. Uh, we were fired up in here before we we jumped on air, and, and Eric and I were joking, and, and my dad and, and us were joking about what we uh, really wanted to there was do. Gun, there was gunplay. <laughs> no, there was, there gunplay. was talk of gunplay. There was talk of gunplay, but seriously. There was an incident. It's going to be really interesting to see how the media handles this there's a few reports cnn frets white house will seize upon ig report take a victory lap uh and there's, there's another piece out there that's interesting disgraceful ig report finds fbi agents improperly received benefits from journalists the daily caller uh joe simpson the department of justice inspector general report on hillary clinton email probe found thursday that not only were numerous FBI employees in frequent contact with reporters when they shouldn't have been, but they were improperly receiving benefits from reporters, including food, golf trips, tickets to sporting events. Meaning, you know, I'll help you out here, you, you give me information. And that's another question I have. I wonder how far does, if at all, does the report cover information leaks in it? I don't think that's in the same scope as the, uh, 2016 handling of the, uh, Hillary Clinton and email investigation. No, remember, but, th- th- this is just part one of a multi-part right. investigation. And I look, I, I believe, I think Horowitz, just from the 50, the 40 some pages I read so far, and again, I didn't read it, so I'm not gonna, I know Tracy Beans is, uh, she's probably reading God, it right now. God bless her. I mean, uh, we had some dialogue this morning and, and she, she's a great researcher. She really is. Um, I, I had sent, a message to her about some very obscure piece of information that I guarantee you 99 people out of 100 would not even know what I was talking about. Guarantee you. And she sent me the message right back. Oh, I know what this is. 
And no, no, this is, you know, it's saying he's straight. So we need to support people like that. We need to, you know, we need, and we need to, you know, look, we need to stick together. We really do. Uh, uh, if it seems solemn, it is. It's, it's, um, what we're talking about is very solemn because we are talking about taking our nation back. And, and I just, again, it's, it's, when you look at this in its entirety, um, Joe, you, you I think you, you really kind of, we, I think we both did. And that's the fact that, you know, our, who said it? It was Adams who said that, uh, our government is not suitable for, and I'm paraphrasing here. Our government's only suited for a godly populace. And I, I can't remember the quote, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Right there. Yeah. And how true is that? Because with godliness, I guess you can be an atheist or a non-believer and still be moral, I suppose. I'm not exactly sure how that would work. But, okay. But what we're seeing is not just this disbelief in God or this pushing God aside. We're seeing that. We're seeing all of that. But we're seeing a hatred of God. And we're seeing hatred of all things good. So what do we expect in that environment? So we have to recapture, and this is what Dave, Coach Dave Dalmar is doing a lot of, and, uh, you know, boots on the ground to make changes. And, of course, that, that's why he draws the ire of the snowflakes over at Right Wing Watch and um, the other hate groups or those who monitor hate groups, you know, I guess. But anyway, so go ahead. You were. Well, yeah, I mean, where do we go? Oh, uh, Robert Spencer. Yes. He was on last night, right? Was it like yesterday? Folks, uh, no, two nights ago. Two nights ago. It's up on YouTube. The segment okay. piece is up on YouTube. Uh, you can, if you haven't watched it and you want to watch that one, it is titled, uh, Robert Spencer, Cultural Invasion and Destruction of the West. And that was from the, oh, was it yesterday? I don't know when it was, but it, it's up there. Uh, no, folks, it was from the Tuesday. Okay. okay. Do us, do us a favor. Follow him on Twitter. Let's get him over 100,000 followers. I know that. He only needs about, what, 100, couple hundred. 50 to 100 more. He's got 99.9 no, thousand. I think he needs about 300 more. So follow him and, and get him over 100 grand. I, I, I just, just, I got this thing about that. I, I want to get him over 100 grand because, um, he's got on his Twitter feed, his latest, uh, he was talking about India and about what the Muslims are doing to India. And I figured there go our call centers. Um, there's some crazy stuff happening in India with uh, Christians. I, I read a story the other day. Apparently they have, the Christians in India have these social classes called castes that right. you're not allowed to marry Christians from other, uh, you know, if you're in a, the lowest social class, you're not allowed to marry a Christian from a higher social class. And it's based on uh, the ethnicity of a Christian, whereas a, a Syrian Christian woman is apparently, you know, the highest of the class. Well, this happened where one of the pre- people from the lowest class married uh, one of the people from the highest class, and the, and the family of the lady in the highest class ordered a gang to kidnap and, and honor kill this other Christian, her family's husband, which is absolutely crazy to me. And what kind of Christians... <laughs> Have other Christians killed because of their class standing? It was mind-boggling. The story was on the Western Journal. If you want to read it, and I'm sure you can uh, find it on online by doing a quick search. But 
what's going on with uh, religion in India? It seems pretty crazy. Some pretty crazy stuff's happening there. I, I, I was unfamiliar with any of that. I did not know that existed. Barack Obama, I think, and Hillary Clinton and the denizens of the deep state swamp uh, it happened. You know, it, it, did you notice that uh, during the term of Obama, uh, the illegitimate eight years under Obama and, of course, Hillary Clinton's Secretary of State, how the uh, Islamic, uh, how the Muslims have, have risen in power, how, the, how they have really taken over. And it's interesting because when you look at the uh, goings-on right now, the with the events taking place right now, I would urge everyone to watch what Obama is doing from the sidelines. Um I, really, I would watch. I would watch what he's doing along with Valerie Jarrett and others, especially those people in his uh, the, the attorneys in in the orbit of of Obama. I was reading. I happened to pick up uh, a book from Corsi today about uh, abomination, abomination, and uh, Sabud. You know, we have to get back. By the way, we've got to get back to talking about things like the cult-like religion of Sabud, of which Barack Hussein Obama and uh, Loretta Fuddy were, in which they were involved, uh, Sabud, S-U-B-U-D, if you haven't heard of that. We have to get back to talking about Seth Rich, despite the obvious claims of, or the threats of lawsuits. We've got to get back and talking about uh, the Awan criminal cabal and, uh, uh, you know, Make sure that everyone knows, as I mentioned today, uh, Imran Awan working for Chris or working for this, uh, or working for uh, Clinton linked attorney as a telephone receptionist. Isn't that interesting? Working for uh, Chris Gowan's firm. Uh, but we need to be exposing that, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. We need to keep, we need to go back to the investigative basics. Mm-hmm. All those, all those in favor, raise your hand. Right. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. So, um, but in, in, in the meantime, we also need to fight and pray because we can multitask. One of the things I want to talk about just real quick, uh, Austin Brewer brought this to my attention when he was on Friday and I don't know how many people, uh, uh, knew this or caught this. This was a story from earlier in the week. Do, do we remember all those Walmart stores that closed down in 2015? where they were saying they were going to close for plumbing repairs and other vague reasons that didn't make sense at the time. And many, and then we saw these Walmarts becoming fortified and pictures with, you know, makeshift guard towers and fences with barbed wire were being put up. Some had FEMA trucks and, and other uh, very weird military-style uh, supplies. Well, now... Well, and remember what we said about that at the time. We had many people concerned that these were, you know, quote-unquote FEMA camps and Department of Homeland Security preparing to round up uh, citizens and use these de- these Walmarts as detention centers. And you remember the, the outcry from the left, oh, you guys are conspiracy theorists, you're nuts, this is not happening at all. Well, how did those same Walmarts end up being stores that are now immigration children or immigration detention centers, the ones that are you're seeing focus from the pictures of, under the Obama administration of children fenced in uh, areas inside these WalMarts. But my question, and the whole reason I brought this up was, so the initial fears about why Walmart was closing and what they were really doing with their buildings was legitimate, in the sense that they were 
use, planning on using those as detention centers. All right. So let's the be clear on this. So, so, so they're processing people right now. Right. In these WalMarts all that right. they said were closing for plumbing and other reasons. All right. But the, the real reason I brought that up is because I, I remember specifically, you know, being called a kook and, and a conspiracy theorist and a crazy for even insinuating that the WalMarts would close and turn into these. You know these businesses—they're—they're they're not government. Uh, uh, all right. So, so, but just the fact, whatever's going on there, they're being used yeah, as yeah. detention centers. And if they can do that, use them as detention centers for illegal immigrants. At some illegal point, aliens. they can use them as detention centers for, for anybody. anybody. Yeah. So that, I think that's pretty crazy, and it's something that's very oh, wait, overlooked. Wait, let me check with Snopes, or let me check with <laughs> yeah, Right Wing Watch. That's or, a good idea. Uh, let's go back and see if Snopes yeah, reported on that because I, I can't. You know, I certainly wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to be caught, you know. Uh, Snopes, we, 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 we've got to check with Snopes to see what they say, right? Nicholson's. Okay, here, I found it. Uh, Walmart closure conspiracy theories. Snopes, April 23rd, 2015. All right. Um, conspiracy theories about why several Walmart stores suddenly closed in 2015. Walmart looms large in America's landscape. Okay, on and on and on. So they go on to say that, uh, what did they come? What do they conclude? Does it say it's false? It should be like a big red X. There is no, there is no right or wrong. Oh, it's just out there. Maybe they took it off. Okay. Um, So so the bottom line, can can you point to, or do we know specific WalMarts in, that are being used for the purpose of immigration, illegal alien, I shouldn't say immigration, but illegal alien, uh, detention or processing or the processing of people? If you do, then, then, that's you know that's a valid claim, and that's not a conspiracy theory. Now, I, who knows at the time what was taking place, but uh, but certainly that bolsters the certainly it makes it makes it a little bit more uh, legitimate in terms of uh, of uh, the processing people. Period. So okay. Um, all right, and that's weird. They don't have a, a true or false on this one. Maybe they. Have went back and and edited. Maybe maybe they're, they're but uh, interesting nonetheless. They because they say uh, you know the conspiracy theories surrounding this. So even the framing of the uh, Walmart closure conspiracy theories, and then they go on to say uh, things like they uh, people are are saying things like martial law and and you know uh, mass arrest and. Uh, people will be used and processed in these facilities, but they don't make a conclusion on it. That's weird. I've never seen a Snopes article that doesn't make a conclusion. Oh, I, yeah, there are some. Under the fact like check. Listening. Uh, Under the listener. fact check. Uh, yeah. Though. So, I don't know. Just something to think about. Uh, you know, it seems kind of small and insignificant today with everything else that's going on, but just a little insight into how something can be framed by the mainstream media to be a conspiracy theory that turns out to be exactly what we said it was going to be for maybe not for the same purposes but that's, maybe not all of them right but but i would say on balance that the majority of the statements right. were true and, and i love too the, the the jade helm well nothing happened well okay we didn't say anything was going to happen from jade helm for example it was it was it, it we, we didn't say uh, what was that big thing with jade helm like an invasion or something like that no 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 but it but it was a a military exercise, obviously. Right, on human soil, on yeah. American soil. Yeah. And it was, a, what was it, a remapping the human domain or something? Yeah, like that. yeah, mapping a, the human domain. The human domain. We, and what do we see today? Yeah. You know, with respect to the to the military use of, of electro, or uh, I don't want to say electronics, but technology. 
Yeah. And I spoke with Patrick Wood today, too, interestingly, about technocracy. Did you, by the way, Elon Musk, did you know his grandfather was a Canadian, was uh, big in technocracy in Canada? I, yeah, I just, didn't yeah, know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. It's a, if you go to technocracy.news, you'll see what I'm saying. And I probably butchered that, that what I meant to say, but just go to technocracy.news and check out what uh, Patrick Wood had to say about that. And one last thing I wanted to mention, we talked about it last night, we talked about it on The Daily Show today, the whole UK Tommy Robinson story. Tommy Robinson fears for his life in heavily populated Muslim prison as an imam orders a hit on him. Uh, I just urge everybody to pray uh, for his safety. I've been reading some things today. I don't know what's true and what's not true. I don't know if it's actually a 71% Muslim population. I don't know if he's in protective or segregated custody. Some people are saying that. Be careful who you get your information from on these stories. They, uh, he has a, a team of, of lawyers and, and close friends who he works with on a regular basis. I would stick to the, those sources rather than um, people speculating on Twitter and, and other websites uh, about this or that. But either way, uh, you know, the sentiment, the, the frustration that we feel in this country is, is directly tied into to what we're seeing in the U.K., where somebody who is speaking out against the Islamic invasion uh, of their society, the cultural destruction, and in doing so, because the government, uh, in their globalist and, and tyrannical mindset, make hate speech laws, so you can't criticize the culture that is invading and destroying your culture, uh, you know, he gets jailed, and now it looks like it's it's being set up, so he is uh, not going to be able to make it out of jail, all because he's doing the right thing and exposing the evils that are being brought on this country. If something happens to him, uh, expect the worst in, in the U.K. People are mad, and it, <laughs> something like that could open up a can of worms that these people never saw coming or wanted to happen the whole time. I, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, but... Keep him in your prayers, and we'll continue to follow the story. We'll be back. Tracy Beans on the other side. And welcome back to our second segment, or our second hour here on the Hagman Report. We are going to be joined by Tracy Beans. She's joining us uh, via audio only, uh, but I'm sure knowing her, she has a lot more information on this IG report than many others, and we're going to talk about what she thinks her initial reaction to the headlines we're seeing and, and anything interesting that she's found in the report, and then what we can expect to see in, in this whole circus surrounding the report. Uh, you know what we're what we're going to see, and, and who should be brought down, who should be arrested, who should be fired. Sessions said, you know, expect some personnel to be leaving the Department of Justice uh, after Deputize this report. Me, I, I want to be deputized after this report drops. The fact that Peter Strauch is still working at the FBI makes me want to rip my own hair out of my head. Uh, I don't know how that's possible, and, and will he be gone? That's a, a question that needs to be answered. Um, you know, it's very. Again, very frustrating to see this deep state evil agenda that is at the top levels of our government institutions continue to cover for itself, continue to protect itself, and you know make up lies for itself, and keep itself in power. And President Trump is not a person who, no president can drain a swamp, drain the swamp. 
by themselves. They need the support of the uh, people around them. They need support in these higher institutions of power, whether it's law enforcement, political, and that's just not there. And we have a media working against them, a Hollywood industry working against them, a political industry working against them. And without the support from the American people, it's not going to get done. We can't expect one man, one man to do all this. So all this stuff we're going to cover in this hour. And, uh, we do have Tracy. Okay. Thanks, Eric. We do have Tracy Beans with us. She is a, a fantastic investigative reporter and uh, at the tip of the spear when it comes to uh, uncovering and, and finding out the truth of the matter. And we're going to get into this IG report first. Tracy, welcome back to the show. Hey guys, how you doing? <sighs> We've been better. <laughs> a little, a little frustrated, a little angry, uh, a little bit of energy. Uh, you're, you're going to have to bail us out of this uh, morass in which we find ourselves, Tracy. You know, I, I, I'm glad you guys are starting off with that sentiment because I want to talk about it. Um, I, know, I know you do. I, I've been following your remarks, by the way. Oh, I'll, so I mean, okay. <laughs> I, but but please talk, uh, talk. Well, a couple of things. First of all, I do have to say I am utterly. Like, I'm so frustrated at Ray. I thought that press conference was just a cop-out. Yeah. I mean, it was horrible. I, it was horrible. We're all he good. Left, yeah, he left me feeling like he didn't give a crap, honestly. Um, you know, he didn't have to take responsibility for what happened before he was there. I feel like he had that out. He had the ability not to say, well, I wasn't here, but to be a little bit more critical of what the department did before he arrived. Um, and I don't think he took the opportunity and it, he just came off like such a wuss and, and just, it was just bad. I didn't like it. Yeah. It, se- it seems like they, like I said, I compared it to Wolf Blitzer's comments the other day, uh, or yesterday about, you know, we are not the enemy of the American people. We love the American people. We are not fake news. We are, uh, objective, unbiased truth and, you know, the, the constant need to reinforce the idea that you're not bad people, that you're not doing bad things, says a lot. And that's what I got from this press conference. Yeah, it was, it was, <clears throat> listening to it made me frustrated. I was frustrated because, you know, he starts off saying the American people have to have faith in the FBI, and then he starts talking about how, who he cares about are the people that he works with every day and what their impression of us, of the FBI is. And I'm like, uh-uh, dude, that's not how it works. <laughs> You're supposed to really care about what we think. Yeah, Ultimately. absolutely. I mean, it was just, it was bad. I just didn't like it. I'm like, I left, I just got angry after that. I really did. It was, it was a bad press. If that's, and then nobody asked him, like, how are you going to hold these people accountable? Like, how are you going to discipline these people? What is the goal here? What is your, what is it? We're going to make sure people are held accountable. How? Nobody asked. That's why they don't let people like me into press conferences with these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a softball questions after, even from CNN, they asked him softball questions. So it was a bad press conference in my opinion. Yeah. And to the initial claims on this IG report, some of the, the first headlines we saw, no, under a, a headline here on Drudge of FBI agent Strauch, will stop Trump from becoming president is the headline. Mm-hmm. No political bias talking about the the IG report that there was no political bias in the decisions made by the FBI in the Hillary Clinton email investigation. The only thing they did was uh, differ from the norm. 
What, what do you have to well, say to that? I mean, I think I think it's important to um, it's important to read this report for what it is and not to assume that it's things that it's not. In other words, what this report is addressing is how the bureau handled the investigation, not whether their conclusions were correct, not whether you know she was guilty or not, just the way that they handled the investigation. And I think that the the kind of line that the IG took in terms of that, like if you notice, if you read this thing, which is the next point, you have to read it because I'm about, I'm on page 75 right now. And it, as you read it, you'll start to see they make very damning um, referrals of, of Struck in this, you know, to, to justice, to, to, you know, for, you know, um, to have him disciplined in, in whatever way. Um, you know, with McCabe, it ended up being a criminal recommendation for criminal prosecution. But they make recommendations for Struck. I mean, they're very concerned about the way he handled himself in regards to that. But I don't think that those comments were taken as um, as part of the Hillary Clinton email investigation, which is what they're investigating. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, we under- we get it. So so while it's frustrating to, to, you know, a lot of people just went down and read the conclusions of this thing and said, oh, it's a nothing burger. This is this is bull. It's the same old thing over and over again. And emotions are high out there right now. There, I don't feel that anybody can say that sort of thing until they literally sit down and dissect this thing and read every line and come up with every, you know, sort of conclusion that you can come up with. Read what the IG says. Read how the investigation was done. Read who they talked to. Look at the rebuttals. I know a lot of the last section is classified, and we're not going to be able to see it because it contains classified information. And then if there are problems in this thing, call them out. Like, in the very beginning, I found something really contradictory that bothered me a lot. Um, You know, um, actually, it wasn't in the very beginning. Someone sent it to me. A friend of mine sent it to me and said, look at this. They made this FBI agent wipe his computer because it had the Wiener laptop emails on it, and they didn't want classified emails on a computer. And I'm like, they make him wipe his computer, and he's in, you know, kind of in the spotlight because he's done that. But Hillary Clinton's got all these emails and more on a server in a basement somewhere, and that doesn't seem to be a problem for anybody. And and I think that the you'll get to it, the most damning part of this was the, in my view, the the handling of the... Huma slash Anthony Weiner huh. devices. Yeah. Everything that, that that everything that I said on Infowars back a year and a half, two almost two years ago now, or November of 2016, October 2016, whatever it was, was 100% correct, and it's 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 referenced in the IG report. Um. Yeah, I think that we need to pay special close attention to that. And, and yeah, I just wanted to mention. And and by the way, it looks like Comey didn't know. Oh, that, uh, Wiener was married to Huma. Yeah, that I felt I caught that absolutely. I think are, that's ridiculous. Are you? Are you and you know what? Mean, you know what made me laugh too about it. And you notice the IG didn't make a comment about that one way or the other. At least not in the initial introduction. But what made me laugh about that was, as I'm reading that, it says basically, like, Comey says he he didn't really pay much attention to the fact that McKay brought him this issue. Right. Like, these emails were found on on Anthony Weiner's laptop because he didn't realize that Humit Abedin was married to Anthony Weiner. Wouldn't that make it worse that Anthony Weiner had those emails on his laptop then? 
Like, one would that think. would mean, yeah. yeah, that would mean there's no connection to anybody Clinton related. And here this congressman has got all these emails on his laptop. I would be more concerned. I think Comey is really one of the only ones in the conclusions that I, and let me be honest and transparent. I have not read the conclusions yet because I refuse to do it. I am not looking at social media really. I'm trying to just get through this thing unbiased and get my own thoughts about it uh, done before I start reading everyone else's opinion because I feel like that will ruin my process. But he seems to be the only one who's gotten any sort of admonishment in this in an outright fashion, like in the conclusion. <clears throat> so hmm. he doesn't really have too much of a leg to stand on. Um, That's why he goes to IHOP. (laughs) You mean IHOB? Yeah, IHOB, where the burgers are to die for. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Well, okay. We kind of had this idea. And and look, uh, folks, our guest is Tracy Beans, by the way. And and it's funny, this morning um, I sent perhaps one of the most obscure messages to, or, or a message to Tracy about one of the most obscure facts in this whole cluster you know what okay that's known as this treasonous activity and uh, it was funny because uh you know oh yeah 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 okay like like within i guarantee you you ask as i said earlier you ask a thousand people 999 wouldn't even know where they look or what we're talking about but tracy of course being the intrepid investigator that she is knew exactly what i was talking about and knew exactly what to say, and, and you know, so, uh, folks, we, we've got to understand the quality of investigator that we've got in Tracy. So thank you, Tracy, for your service to the people. Thank, thank you. I, I thank you for saying that. My gosh, I um, I well, never it handle it. Deserved. It's <laughs> it's well deserved. You thank know. you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, what do you make of the fact that struck? Okay. Joe was, Joe and I were talking about this. There was a, an extraction, um, that Horowitz put, how do I, how do I want to say this? There was a text exchange between Page and Strzok. Trump's never going to become president, right? We're going right. to stop him That's from becoming president. Right. And then Strzok says, no, 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 we won't. We'll stop it. Yeah. Okay. That last sentence from Strzok was excised from every document. And the inspector general put it in this report and made yeah. sure it was in this report. First of all, what do you make of that? And what do you make of that sentiment? No, we're going to stop it. Well, how in the hell does he plan on doing that? Because that tells me that. Yeah. And then the fact that it was hidden more. Uh, Mark Meadows says that that text was not in the batch of text that they received. Right. And it was hidden from them until this report was released today. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out right now, as early as it is, why that was the case. Now, we know based off of, like, if we compare the FBI redactions to the OIG redactions in the Peter, in the struck page text messages, the difference is night and day. That the FBI redacts things that would be harmful to their reputation and make them embarrassed. The OIG says, I don't care. Look at what you guys said and we're going to show people. Um, I don't, as of right now, I mean, I'm, Let's just say I don't feel like this OIG has tried to hide anything or sugarcoat anything. I really don't feel that way. Um, All right. 
just I just don't not yet. I mean, if if I keep on going and I I start to see like blatant ridiculous kind of like you should have thought of that things like I you know like the the McCabe I, OIG report was a beautiful piece of of literature. Forty pages. So well done. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was just great. If I start to see that this one isn't up to par there, then I'm gonna start to to cry foul. But I'm not ready to do that yet. I mean, I'm just literally in the middle of the summary of what it was about, like the um, what the Hillary Clinton email investigation was, the you know who reports to who, blah blah blah. But that text message, they they the the language that the IG used, and remember, I don't think Horowitz is writing this thing. Um, I think he's got people writing it, but the, the language that was used was was very strong. That's basically treason, in my opinion. It is. You know, I agree. It, 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 you know, it basically says like I'm going to take action to change the results of the election if if or or during the election, whatever his thoughts were, if this doesn't go our way. And that's one man, but you know that there's a culture surrounding that one man. Oh yeah, and those other messages uh, from other. Uh, FBI agents talking about how they felt after the election, like the next night, about how they they want to cry and uh, they, they they can't believe what's happened. They f- they feel that they would rather you know uh, slam their their hand in a car door than well. Than, uh, you know. They got their service weapons. They got a field. They got you know. <laughs> but uh, Tracy, so you from what you read, has that, you said you're in? I have not opened the report yet i haven't not got that far which i will do oh, here i'll give it to you before the the weekend's over i'll have read the whole thing but anything interesting or or eye-opening that has stuck out to you in what you've read so far i know you've only you said you're in the summary uh yeah i i actually yes actually um and i haven't gotten through it completely yet but one thing that sticks out to me is they brought in the virginia u.s attorney's office to do the investigation along with the fbi washington field office and I did last week, um, or this week actually, a big, a video about the investigation of Guccifer and how they brought him back to the United States in the middle of his sentence in Romania. Oh, yes. To, we, we, you, yeah. okay, I, I, again, sorry for interrupting. No, fine. But we need to talk about this. Your thread on this, fantastic. So yes, please spend Great. as well, much time on this. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. So basically like what happened was Guccifer 1 was responsible for the hack of Sidney Blumenthal, Colin Powell, a number of other high-profile people, some high-level people in the Romanian government. And <clears throat> the reason why they figured out that, one of the reasons anyway, why they figured out that Hillary Clinton had a private email server was because when Guccifer started releasing print screens of all this stuff, they saw her domain in Sidney Blumenthal's emails. So it was like a, an oh my gosh moment. This woman's using a private email to do business with Blumenthal, who really wasn't even supposed to be talking to her about it anyway, um, in regards to her, the State Department. And so they ended up catching Guccifer one, the first Guccifer, uh, Lazar, and Romania arrested him and put him in jail and NBC News and stuff and, and a couple other agencies were over in Romania in early 2016 interviewing him about all this. And then out of nowhere in March, he was extradited to the United States by the FBI to basically go through trial and be interviewed by the FBI in regards to his hacking of the Clinton, of the Blumenthal thing. And, and he also said he had hacked the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton email server. 
um, and that he knew that other hostile state actors had that information. Right. So they bring him here in the middle of this of the election season, and it's Dana Bonte. That's how you say his name, right? Bonte? I'm not sure. I, I, I say Bonte, but Bowente. who knows? I don't care. Everybody we'll gives me a hard time about pronunciation. Yeah, so. me too, uh, us too. That's all right. <laughs> so Dana Bonte is is the U.S. attorney in charge of the Guccifer case during this time period in 2016. And I found it really interesting because they send him back in like a huff in in September of 2016, back to Romania to finish his sentence after he takes a plea in what he did in regards to the American folks that he hacked. And um, and the, the the FBI releases a whole bunch of information, you know, from this investigation just recently, a, a couple weeks ago in the FBI vault. They released all the notes about him. And, you know, he all of a sudden he reversed and said, I didn't actually hack the Clinton server. That was a lie. I lied to Fox. And Judge Napolitano and Le- Laura Ingram, they're talking about how the FBI had leaked to them that Guccifer said that Russia has these 30,000 emails. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Of course it does, because this is the earliest we start hearing Russia has these emails. Um, and so so I find it very interesting that in this report where I'm getting to right now, he's the U.S. attorney in charge of this investigation for the FBI. He's working in tandem with them, and... I have not seen any mention of Guccifer yet. Okay. All right. No, it, it, okay. And it, not to redo the real estate here, but it does get kind of confusing to many yeah. people. So in your thread, overlay that with what you haven't found. Again, let's reiterate that because Guccifer, the original Guccifer and then Guccifer 2.0, um, Hacked emails. What what are we to make of this? Um, maybe that's kind of a too large of a question, but not. You know, that's a problem that I had. I wanted to get these facts out there for people, but I didn't know, um, and I still don't really know for sure. But it's weird. Okay, so the FBI goes and takes Guccifer from a Romanian jail, uses all the resources to transport him over here to the United States. Not very a out. Not no, a and it's. Yeah. Very outside of the norm, very outside of the norm to extract somebody in the middle of a sentence in another country. Um, those requests started coming into Romania as per Romania in December of 2015. Um, that date should, you know, sound familiar to people too because it's sort of when this investigation into Hillary kind of really started to gain some muster. So, Guccifer comes here. He's responsible for hacking Blumenthal, who then, you know, by hacking Blumenthal, found Clinton's information, says that he then went on to Clinton's server, says that he was aware that there were other people on that server from other nations. They go get him. They bring him here. They question him about it. He denies ever, you know, he denies any of that, says that he was lying about it. At the same time as he's here testifying, and the FBI has him, and you know, they're asking him all these questions and they're putting his plea deal together and everything else. Guccifer 2 pops up <laughs> hacking the DNC and taking credit for hacking the DNC. It's it's very complicated, guys. Please stop me if I'm not doing a good job. No, well, I, 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 I remember that uh, at some point seeing reports that Gu- Guccifer 2.0 was actually a DNC 
uh, a pro DNC or entity of some kind. Yes, yes. Guccifer too is a complete farce. It's not a yeah. real. They're not. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why I'm I'm like kind of speculating, you know, very loosely that maybe they used Guccifer one when he was here to give them some idea of what Guccifer two should be. Um, you know, that could be a possibility. And, and in addition, in addition. The person handling this entire case with Guccifer just also happens to be the same person who's running the MYE mid-year exam investigation as a U.S. attorney from Virginia. Inside this IG report that we're reading right now that came out today about this investigation, we learn from Dana Bonte that it was very strange of the FBI to pick his office to handle this because it was sort of like not, um, they, it was out of jurisdiction in a way. He felt they should pick a grand jury in New York and get a grand jury in New York because that's where Clinton lived and that's where the server was. So there's just, these are, listen, you're getting me like right in the beginning here, but these are some of the things that I'm already finding that are raising some red flags for me in terms of involvement. Why yeah, is yeah. it, yeah, I mean, why is it that Guccifer has not been mentioned yet if we know from the released FBI vault documents they interviewed him specifically about this very thing. Okay. Let me do a search here and see if he's even in here at all. Nope. nope. Interesting. I have one. Nope, only Guccifer 2. Only Guccifer huh. 2. Yeah, so he's not mentioned in this thing at all. That is a big problem for me. Okay, yeah. now explain. a bit. When you say big problem for you, you mean a big problem that the IG omitted reference or omitted the investigation of this or? Yeah, unless they didn't ask about it. Like, I don't know what the IG asked them. Did they ask them about Guccifer 2? Was I mean, Guccifer 1, was Guccifer 1 offered up to them? I know that Bonte was in charge of his case. He's all over the court documents. Bonte is working on this. He's interviewed inside this report. Did they not find that of consequence if they're trying to talk about, you know, whether or not foreign entities were on the server? Is it because he lied and then said that there were no foreign entities on the server? He had no idea and he didn't, you know, he was making it up. I don't know. Uh, do, are you guys following my train of thought yes. here? Yes, I, I am. And yeah. folks, I would urge people to go to uh, Tracy Beans on Twitter and uh, read her past uh, Twitter messages. Threads. Yeah, so, sorry. Um, uh, by the way, Doug, I have yes. a website coming, so you can read all the articles you'd like. When uh, yeah, you, you got my you got my frustration on that. I, no, I, <laughs> I I'm old school. Okay, I'd, I'd much rather pick up a, a you know a written document, but but that's me. But it's fine. It, it's uh, you, you you get the message across, and I like that. I was I was laughing when I heard you say that the other night. It was yeah. so, it was awesome. Well, was... Uh, you know, it's just me. <laughs> Um, are we okay? So you had also said something too. It's not really the IG's place to make criminal referrals, right? No, okay. right. Yes. Let, let's because people are saying, well, we're, you know, it doesn't mean anything unless people are, are frog marched into the into the pokey. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't want I, I don't want to say defend that, but okay. So what do you mean? It's not the IG's place to and, and knowing the answer to this, but for the people benefit of the people out there, what's Sure. Yeah, the IG is an an oversight um, organization. They're oversight. They they try and improve departments, and you know they kind of they they poke around for if somebody's stepped out of line, but they don't have any power to, you know, um, prosecute crimes or uh, fire people or anything like that. They're basically like uh, an auditor. 
in a way, right? That comes in and kind of looks around and, you know, figures what out what everybody did and a mediator and comes in and kind of like a neutral third party that comes in to watch these organizations and make sure they're not doing anything wrong or to help them improve. So that's why um, a lot of people have been screaming that this is all useless. There's nothing that can come of it. It's just a waste of time. Um, he has no power. They need a special, a second special counsel. Right. And I always say, you know, Jeff Sessions was brilliant in appointing a U.S. attorney to work alongside of Horowitz. And that's very important. And I, it's something that, to my dismay, a lot of people just ignore completely. Like it doesn't even exist. Um, we don't know what he's doing, but that's good. If we knew what he was doing, it would be a problem. So he's leak-proof at this point. Um, the only reason why we know he exists at all is because Jeff Sessions, bowing to some pressure, finally told us he existed. And the reason why we know he has a grand jury impaneled with him right now is because Goodlatte told us that on a Sean Hannity interview, and Sean Hannity didn't even catch it. He just kind of went right past it like it didn't happen. So... As Horowitz finds things, he kind of hands them off to Hoover and says, hey, look, here, I can't interview this person. They refuse to come in, which is not the case in this report, by the way. But um, you you take them, please, and you interview them. And he has the ability to press charges. Which is one good. More, You're right, right. It is, it is good, good, yes. And one more thing. A lot of people also asked, well, how come Hoover didn't take charges um, didn't press charges in the McCabe leak investigation. And I used it to sort of parallel the special counsel because Huber isn't assigned to Horowitz to work with Horowitz on that report. He's assigned to work with him on the um, reports that were listed in the January letter, as well as the add-ons that have been done since, like the FISA abuse, et cetera. And, and that's a very important distinction. And, okay, so his uh, area of oversight, and that would be, the attorney from Utah, a U.S. attorney from Utah, to, to the best of your recollection knowledge, is mm-hmm. what? Uh, what's he tasked with? Well, he he's working with... Now, we've never gotten some document that says this is what Hoover's doing, but Jeff Sessions in his letter today gave us a pretty good idea of what he's doing. Okay. He's, he's tasked with... Um, He's tasked with running a parallel investigation, basically, for and he, and he can question people that have left the department. He can bring people in in front of the grand jury. He can subpoena. He has basically all the power that a second special counsel would have. It, 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 he's got it all. Okay. There's, you know, the only difference is that he's not independent of the government. He is a U.S. attorney, but he's outside of the of D.C. So that was Jeff Sessions' way of kind of getting. Somebody far removed from the swamp. Okay. All right. It, which is a, a great explanation, and I'll sign on to that. Did you happen to see the reports or the graphs in, in this? Not it's, They're toward the back, if not in the back. Maybe they're appendices. I'm not sure of the reporters in contact with the FBI structure. Did you happen oh, to see that? No, I didn't get there yet, but let me tell you something. I nearly like just reading about how they've brought like basically how journalists have become a propaganda arm for the government and the FBI because they're just bribing people with like concert tickets for secrets and sleeping with them and it's disgusting it's disgusting they said Uh, all levels of the FBI and I'm not sure I read that from a second hand source but um, if that's true 
you know, we got a big problem here because we talk about the, the incestuous relationship between, you know, the media, the Hollywood entertainment industry, and the top levels of the political world, and how they're all intertwined. And when we look at the leaks, especially, you know, these all these stories about anonymous sources all working against Trump and the and the Trump team, this this all ties into that. And I'm interested to see how far, if at all, they go into what they believe the uh, uh, these it's not a one way street, obviously. Journalists, uh, you know, giving FBI agents gifts and whatnot. Well, what were the FBI okay. agents giving the journalists in, in return? In one, in just in one graph, one, one IG leak graph in the report, three reporters included. Just one of the three, just to give you an idea, since you haven't gotten there yet, and the people maybe they haven't seen this. The con. So put a circle in the middle of the the, the paper, and then draw uh, like spokes out from that circle, and other circles at the end of the spokes. And the uh, the circle in the middle of the paper would be the reporter, and the others at the end of the spokes would be, in one case, the assistant FBI director, six times contacting the one reporter, you know, six uh, times to, to the reporter in contact, the special agent in charge 30 times, wow. SSA 18 times, FBI executive 26 times. That's just one of three. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And, you know, I just, I, in, in response to that, I want to read just one thing. They say, uh, we identified instances where FBI employees improperly received benefits from reporters, including tickets to sporting events, golfing outings, drinks and meals, and admittance to non-public social events. We will separately report on those investigations as they are concluded, consistent with the Inspector General Act, other applicable federal statutes, and OIG policy. What does that tell you? Okay. They use the word statute. So what does that tell you? That it's an internal thing, not a legal thing? No, the opposite. The opposite, okay. Thank you for, for clear. Okay. Hit us with that again. Sure. Though It says, we will separately report on those investigations as they are concluded, consistent with the Inspector General Act, other applicable federal statutes, and OIG policy. Okay. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. That does make sense. All right. So basically, we ain't done yet. And no, not. And this is just in the very beginning of the report. That's why I'm saying, like, you know, if you're reading this quickly, you read that sentence and you're like, all right, great. But it means that there's going to be criminal charges, and, and it, that's the way I'm taking it. Got it. And, and that does. After you, after you said that, that does sound about right. Okay. So, so that one sentence changes the perspective of that entire paragraph. Which is why I'm just cautioning people to really like, they're not going to come out and say, by the way, we're, we're going to arrest A, B, C, and D. It's just not the way it works. Right. I wish it did, but it's in here. I'm telling you, I'm going to, this is going to take me, gosh knows how long, but I'm going to get it done and I'm going to find this stuff. And if it's not in here, who's going to be the loudest person on the, on the block? Me. I will be the loudest person. Trust me, I will. Well, you know, the the, the current meme, I, I suppose, is no political bias. That the phrase, no political yeah. bias. Yeah. And and that's not that the well, report just, doesn't even say that though. I mean that. And the messages inside the report that show, not only was there political bias, but it was just about as extreme as it mm. can get. So you guys, as we, we talked about, right, the IG doesn't make criminal referrals. They don't right. make criminal. So do, 
Don't you think that they could have just left that out? Like, left um, out the text message? Yeah. Well, could, I mean, they could have. And, and uh, Tracy, this might be a good time ooh. to bring this up. I, is this redacted? Is this report? No. Okay. No. And, and that, this isn't redacted. What is redacted is, is a whole appendix at the end. Right. With classified information. So we don't know what's in there, right? We need to know. We need to see that. It's, it, we need to see it. It's, that's it. You know, end of story. We need to see it. But we don't know what's in there. We don't know what he said in there. That's stuff that we can't see because it's too sensitive. Supposedly, but but what's now, but what's not sensitive, Tracy? There's five FBI agents who are biased as hell against Donald Trump. Um, Tucker Carlson mentions this. Why don't we know their names? Okay, they're uh-huh. identified as Agent One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. Okay, and then you read the text messages between these these morons, and you talk about political bias. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It it is. I I just keep saying to myself as I'm as I'm thinking this through, like what being very specific about about this thing. What is their definition of bias in terms of this and what they did physically inside of this investigation? Um, just this investigation, and they're not even. Like, I think there could have been statutes that the FBI chose to prosecute Hillary Clinton on that weren't the five that they list, right? But the IG isn't saying you chose the wrong statute. It's saying with the statute you chose, what did you do? Does big, it, do you, big distinction, or big difference, the, indeed. A big difference. Yeah, so I think people just need to, like, understand that the IG is not saying you didn't do this investigation right because you should have done... I mean, they make it very clear that you should have done A, B, C, and D. They're not doing that. They're taking what they did do, and then if it's grossly neg- if it's like grossly, you know, unfair or whatever, they'll say this was just ridiculous. You guys shouldn't have done this. There were better decisions to make, and you didn't make them. But if they basically say in here, if there's one or two decisions that you could make, and they're more reasonable than the other three that you could have made. We're not going to make a determination on those one or two. That's not why we're here. You're, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, and that's a good, very good, yes, yes. And it's people hard. Need, it, it is, isn't it? And, and yeah. you know what I find too, Manning, is, is people, uh, I, I guess I really can't, uh, I guess I can't, um, uh, a lot of people don't have time to keep up with this. This is like a, a a really bad soap opera, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, they don't have scorecards, you know, and, and they're hearing, it's incredible, some of these people are hearing this for the first time. That, well. Not only that, but something that's been really frustrating for me has been the amount of, like, sources say, you know, X, Y, and Z, and it's like, how do you even know? Like, like we call it the fudge rule. We don't react to anything for at least 24 hours because usually within the, the first 12 to 14, it's like blown to smithereens. Like people were making determinations about this thing, not people that had seen it, people that hadn't seen it were making determinations about what was going to be in here before they saw it. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that it's fair to make an assumption about what this thing says until you read it. I felt your yourself. frustration. Yeah, I, I saw I, there, there were leaks coming out or I guess you call them leaks and... Bloomberg uh, was 
posted a few articles that were slanted, biased, you know, and I, and I and I saw on your Twitter feed, you know, shut up just, and just wait for it. Wait for the yeah, report. I was. I'm really frustrated. And people, you know, there's no way in hell that anybody's read this thing and given it the justice, you know, the due diligence it deserves. Since it's there's just it's just not possible. Like I already have, you know, a list of notes, a page or two long of what I have to do to dig into what I've read. So. It, you can't just read this thing and then walk away and be like, oh, yeah, okay. And and it's very emotional, and people are very upset, and people are very angry. But I also think that our even the conservative media has not done us any favors with the way that they have explained this to the public. Thank you on that. And expand on that, please. Because, you know, look, I, I'm a fan of Dan Bongino, all right? But I don't think he goes far enough. And I'd tell him that if if I, you know. And I have told him that. I don't think he goes far enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dig deeper like you do. Well, okay. You know, I think that there gets to be a point where people have a response. Like, they have more of a filter on themselves than I do, only because they're held, I guess, like they're, 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 they're on mainstream news and they have like a mainstream following and right. they don't, they're afraid to go places and say things and, and maybe they're afraid to speculate and maybe they're afraid to step outside of the, the boundaries that are, that are, you know, kind of invisibly placed around them in terms of what's right and what's conspiracy and what's wrong. And, um, I, I feel like, Dan takes that very seriously, and so he kind of toes the line with it. He goes further than almost everybody. Well, Dan. agreed. Well, the the yeah. problem with this is the fact that you have uh, these mainstream talking heads who go on on TV and you know are afraid they can't. They're not allowed to step out. It, it, it's a shame that the, those yeah. boundaries are there in the first place. I mean, what does that say about about our? conservative media when you're only allowed to talk about certain things in the pre-approved way that they want you to talk about them. I know it's 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 frustrating. It's really frustrating, you know, especially when there's information out there that could help people to really understand what's going on and not to be, you know, even as as far as we've come, we've we've not come as far as I thought we have because people are still reacting to the mainstream media the way they reacted 3 years ago. Except it's, it's ultra sensitized now. Like people, people get even more upset than they did before. But like it, you know, somebody can come out and say something and and everybody's like jumping off the Brooklyn Bridge immediately. They don't even take a minute to think about where it's coming from. Think of the spin that could be put on it. Think of what the people have to gain that are saying it. Think about whether or not it could be a, uh, you know, the, the leaks are real. The news is fake, um, type scenario. Um, it's, you know, it would be really great if we could just get the damn truth from our, quote, media. But that's why I think that people like me are, are getting this opportunity to do the right thing. So, And, and hopefully we're providing you uh, one avenue for that opportunity and others as well. You know, in, in the uh, recommendations, of course, you'll get to the end because I, I, I went to the end and looked at the – do you ever read a book last? Do you read the end of the book first? Do you do that? Sometimes. Are you one of those? Depends. Oh, it depends. If it's, you know. <sighs> not me. I can't. It, it, I can't do that. Well, it, it, yeah, it's, I like to get to the bottom line and then, uh, I'll get to the details. But, but, you know, it's, um, you've got, you've got the FBI, Ray, the, the, the current, the current leadership of the FBI saying, okay, we're gonna institute 
anti-bias training. Well, how is that going to how is that going to change uh, treason, sedition, violations of the Hatch Act, ethics violations? Why are they going to? Okay, first of all, I don't think that every first of all, what a bureaucratic waste of money. Honestly, sure. I don't think that the entire FBI needs to be retrained. I really don't. I mean, that's not going to do anything. It, 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 it's just not. I, it, there's a culture here. Training isn't the problem. There's a culture here that needs to be broken, and it's at the very top. I think the rank and, you know, the rank and file everyday FBI agent is very, very diligently doing their job and cares and is very demoralized right now because of what they've seen people in leadership do to this country and to the, the bureau as a whole. There's a culture of leaking, obviously, payoffs, obviously, lawlessness inside of the law, you know, the Justice Department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, we really need to fix this. And a lot of people have thrown their hands up in despair and dismay and walked away. And I have to say, then we are, we are just as guilty because we can't, we can't just walk away if we don't, if we don't see them doing what we want. We need to demand that it happens. It's our country. We can't walk away and just be like, oh, oh well, we'll never change anything. No. No. And, and, you know, it's easy to get to that point. I, I, I don't agree with it. I understand it. And I fall into it myself, but, but we can't. We, we've got to continue to fight. Um, because what other, what's the alternative? We just go golf or go bowling or, you know, go bake cookies. The alternative is the next time around, they know they can get away with it and we don't have a man who cares as much about these things as Donald Trump does, and we are back to where we were before this awakening happened. I'm not okay with that. Right. They can already use it. I mean, imagine uh, an incoming presidential candidate. They can already use the example. Well, just look what look at Donald Trump's presidency. Look at what we did to him. Do you want to go through that? The country's gone. If people give up on this, the country's gone. Amen. Really, I mean, I, you know, it sounds dramatic, but it's not. This, this is legit. I don't care. You can't place this responsibility on anyone else. You can't place this responsibility on Donald Trump. You can't place this responsibility on Jeff Sessions or anyone. It's really up to us to care enough to do something about it. Because if we don't put pressure on them, why why the hell would they care? If they don't think that we care, why would they care? Does that make sense? You know, I think that we should send the message that we are not going to sit down and shut up. We're not going to comply. We're not going to uh, accept this. We are Americans, and we, you know, I, I open the show. I, I think if if our the the, the signers of our Declaration of Independence were alive right now, they'd be you know gearing up and uh, go ready to water the. Uh, tree of liberty. Of liberty, yep. yeah. And I think, I've done it with tears yeah. more than, more often than not. I mean, seriously, it's it's that important. I agree with you, Doug, completely. It's really, 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 really important. And I'm still optimistic. I do. I I don't sound like a Debbie Downer right now, right? No, no. I I, I sound like a Debbie Downer <laughs> with a low voice, but. Um. Only because I see what's in here, and I know that there's a grand jury, and I know that there's a special prosecutor right now, and I know what Jeff Sessions said in his statement, and I know that people don't want to hear it, and they're like, enough is enough, and I want it now. I get it. I'm not – I get it. I totally feel that, and I understand. I'm just saying that inside of this report are some damning revelations about these people and what they did. And yep. the IG doesn't have to say, 
this is criminal for somebody who's looking at it who's in law enforcement to say, oh, my gosh, this is criminal. Does that, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, all all people need to do is take the time to read this. And just just by reading it, I would think that this is unacceptable. I mean, if I read this about Bush or, frankly, if I read this about Donald Trump, I'd have a problem. Or, or oh. when I say Donald Trump, I mean his, his administration. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's disgusting. And in some ways, it overlaps, and I understand that because I'll get emails saying, "Well, you are," but so I understand that. Um, wow. Uh, what have we missed? That and I know, and folks, our guest is Tracy Beans, um, YouTube channel, extremely popular, and of course, follow her on Twitter. Support her work. She's tireless. Um, again, you know, this morning, I don't know what time, uh, I sent her a message about an obscure topic and she knew exactly what I was talking about and fired back and said, no, nah, this is the way it is. And so we need to support people like her, her and like uh, people like her. Uh, Tracy Beans at, uh, at Tracy Beans with a Z on Twitter and also on, um, YouTube. But, uh, what, what are we, what are we missing or what would, haven't we, hit on because there's so much here uh yeah that yeah there is it was 9 13 this morning by the way um oh i just checked my phone <laughs> i'm okay. like what time was it <laughs> yeah, I, uh, um okay so what i another on page five let's just say comey he rushes the investigation the the clinton email investigation they, they basically state that comey declares that they're going to need a special counsel to finish the investigation off, and but he doesn't really mean they need a special counsel. He wants Yates to more quickly make decisions um, about closing the investigation or or how to close the investigation. Um, they didn't think that they didn't think they could do it once she got the nominee the nomination. But the IG never found any evidence that Comey seriously considered requesting a special counsel. He used the reference to a special counsel as an effort to induce the department to move more quickly to obtain the Mills and Samuelson laptops. In other words, the bleach bit thing. He wanted them more quickly so he could end the investigation more quickly. So Hillary told her network guy to move her emails from her server to two laptops. Um, so that they could cull through them and figure out what was personal and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. And they did that, and then the FBI wanted those laptops quickly so that they could say, oh, nothing here, bye. Basically, they rushed... Look, anybody who thinks they didn't screw this investigation up, <laughs> whether or not this IG report ends up determining that is a different story, but... Got it. And, and I think that's the frustration here, is that while they're saying it wasn't politically motivated... They, they, they do tell you some parts in here where they did make mistakes with it. Um, and Sessions told us today that Huber was making the determination of whether or not they needed a second special counsel to reopen this investigation. So. Right. Okay. I, I want to, uh, in the time we have remaining, I just want to make sure people understand this. The, the IG report does confirm that uh, Comey was briefed on Clinton-linked sex crimes against children. The Clinton? IG, yes, yes. Details, Ooh. I'm sorry, yes, details um, in the IG report, and I, and I, I, I think page 294, um, again, I skip ahead, but uh, 
Um, how could I put this? Okay. So Comey was briefed on the Clinton linked sex crimes against children evidence on the Wiener laptop. Now you're going to, you can find this on True Pundit as well. They're reporting on this. Is that what they said exactly? Uh, let me see here. James Comey was briefed about it. Let me see. I'm looking um, for the sentence. That's okay. big. It, it is big. Uh, because we had talked about this back in November along with True Pundit and along, along with Eric Prince and others, but the Inspector General confirmed the FBI knew that there was evidence on Anthony Winter's laptop and Hillary Clinton's emails linked to sex crimes against children. And James Comey was briefed about it. Now, uh, let me just see here. Um, it's under the heading Hillary Clinton and Foundation. Okay, it's... Uh, I, I I can't tell. It's page two ninety four of the report. If you if you have the report there, two ninety four. Oh, I do. Okay. Um, look at the top section of that page. Two ninety four. Right, right. I haven't even downloaded the document yet. Shame, Shame on you. That's right. Honestly, oh, you know, I'm going to do it. I just didn't plan on know, reading it today. So, so every time kids. we get on an interview together and it's about <laughs> no. a very important topic, you haven't looked at the information that you're asking me about. <laughs> See, well, no, but I, I mean, I haven't downloaded the document, but I've read many excerpts and, and uh, yeah. other pieces from it. But I do plan on, on having it read before the yeah, I've, I've, I, I had Actually, I, I think I blew through the ink in the printer. But on page 294, I can't, can't make this out. Let me... Uh, you printed it? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And it wow. took, it took, well, I actually, I didn't personally do it, but, okay, so here, here it is here. Let me just, uh, let me just go to page 294 and I will verify, I mean, I'll, I'll give you this verbatim. Oh, I see it right here. Okay, you see it on top there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, right there. Bang. Hillary Clinton and Foundation, Crime Against Children. Yes. Now, is that is that what I think it means, or I mean, is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at this, to be honest with you, I'm reading this quickly, but he's pretending that he doesn't remember what the notes mean. Give me a break. Of course you do. Yeah, um, it's something you wouldn't forget. Yeah. Wiener texting 15 year old sexually explicit 926 federal. I initial analysis of laptop thousands of emails Hillary Clinton and foundation that means that the emails were in reference to the Hillary the foundation the Clinton foundation correct yes crime against children wow yeah so again this to me um yeah Coleman told us that he kept regularly uh, that he kept regularly took notes on the journal Coleman's notes from October 4 contained contained the following entry one Anthony Weiner uh, two un- unrelated. Three Wiener texting fifteen-year-old sexually explicit. Nine twenty-six federal SW iPhone iPad laptop. See, and I and I said there were additional devices there. Yeah. Initial analysis of laptop. Thousands of emails. Hillary Clinton and Foundation crime against children. Period. You know what's interesting to me is that in this page down here, they're talking about it with with Comey, and they're asking Comey about it, and he's saying he doesn't remember being briefed on that stuff. And then um, we asked Comey if this information was something that he likely would have, quote, put out of his mind after being informed of it in early October. Comey responded, he doesn't think so, blah, 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 blah. But you can ask, 
you can see the way they ask the questions if they believe him or not. That's a great observation. Yes, yes, you can, yes, absolutely. And I find that very You're interesting. That they're framing the questions because they know that they the know the answer, answer is da- damaging, so they frame the question in a way that uh, leaves no, the... No, no. Okay. I actually think they're doing the opposite, Joe. They, they ask him the question so that when he answers and he's lying, it's obvious, and they can tell us that it is without saying it. Correct. Like, we asked Comey if this information was something that he likely would have, quote, put out of his mind after being informed of it in early October. Comey responded and says, I don't think so. And then they say, when asked if he recalled this meeting between Coleman and Comey, Rybicki stated he did, he did not. And they keep going on and on and asking. Like, they state fact, here's the facts that we have, and then they ask the guys the questions and they lie about it. And then at the end, the OIG will probably say, we have evidence that they had this meeting and this is what they talked about. But you can tell, it just, the vibe that comes off the question when you read it. Does that make, I, I know I keep saying, does that make sense, but I'm. No, it, it, it perfectly, it does. And you never, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, if you're in court, you never ask a witness a question you, you don't already know the answer to. Mm. And they're, they're framing it in that fashion. That's what I got out of at least that segment from what I've seen. Um, but that, that, I found that very interesting. It because is. Because that goes back to what we were talking about initially. It does, and it goes back to the reason why I mentioned they threw Loretta Lynch into that call about Eric Garner. Oh, yes. Okay, there you go. We're coming full circle here almost, folks. I mean, in, in such a way that, uh, remember, uh, Tracy Beans was one of the first out with, with information of this type, and the, the, thank you. And if you want to expand on that, go ahead. Yeah, well, you remember when, I, I know we have very few, few minutes left, but when we were talking about this, like back when the, the leak McCabe, the, the McCabe leak investigation, um, OIG report came out, we were talking about why they would have thrown Loretta Lynch into the mix on a, on a phone call to the New York field office about leaks and then saying that, um, they would, pro- basically they were holding the Eric Garner case over these agents' heads. They said it was because the agents were leaking. The agents were saying, we didn't know the information we supposedly leaked about. So that's nonsense. It was basically because they were threatening to go public with this stuff about this laptop, what we just read in bullet point three here. Right. And I said at the time, I don't understand why they're putting Lynch in here. It didn't make any sense. And for the people who don't don't remember, Eric Garner was the guy selling cigarettes that the the police uh, suffocated, basically. And I'm... You know, and then they swapped out the investigative teams. But I'm bummed. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey. Tracy, thank you so much thank for joining you. us Good and wow. uh, for your uh, great work. And I know you will read through that report and have some awesome findings on the other side. Let's keep in touch. I'll do the okay. same. I'll read the report. And we, yeah, we will keep in touch, and, and we'll have you back on to dissect this further when we have awesome. more information. And, and, folks, subscribe to Tracy's YouTube channel. And follow her on Twitter. I mean, she's one of the premier investigators out there, and I know she works with a crew of people. But uh, you're doing you're doing a great work. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thanks. All right. God bless you. Bye. When we come Tracy, back, that was Tracy Beans. Though I, I hope I hope she has a restful night. Uh, what a great young lady. Go ahead, Keith Hanson. When we come back, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is Thursday. 
I said Friday today earlier, but Thursday, January 14th, it's President Donald Trump's birthday. It's day 511 of his presidency. Under attack by the special counsel for 370, 78 days, I believe. And uh, the coup is still going on. Of course, we're talking about the uh, Inspector General's report. By the way, on attack by the American media going on, yep. you know, day yep. uh, 7,900 ever since the birth certificate issue. And there's an interesting yeah. piece that a uh, five-year-old video from ABC has resurfaced talking about Donald Trump with uh, on Fox and Friends, talking with Donald Trump about Dennis Rodman in North Korea from five years ago. And it's very, it's almost like uh, there was a time machine. <laughs> and 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 President Trump was was part of that. But what he says in this interview five years ago about using Dennis, how Obama should use Dennis Rodman to open the door to a North Korean peace summit, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. And I will post this on Hagman Report in the morning. It'll be there first thing in the morning, and uh, I'll right. frame it just the way I said it so everybody can see it. But it's a great uh, example of somebody setting a goal for the betterment of America and the American people and going after and achieving that goal. Something no. we haven't seen with other presidents, except in, in destruction of America, destruction of the Constitution. One of the things I keep promising, and, and I'm, I tend to do this, I've got a lot, a lot of documentation for investigative reports specific to the coup that's taking place, specific to the attacks on Donald Trump, specific to uh, how Obama fits in. And uh, it's just... just Really, I I think at last count, and I'm not sure I, how I count it, of course, is by uh, packs packages of paper. So I'm pretty close to 2,000 pages of notes that I'm gonna I, I'll be publishing. So really, folks, bookmark HagmanReport.com and visit that frequently because I need to get a lot of these these notes into articles into reports because we've got to get this spread out and we started out the show if it seemed rather morose or you know it it was meant to be sober and somber um because we're in a time right now like no other and we have to act in order to save our nation our republic and and if we don't do it now and part of it is exposure and uh, a great book, by the way, I can't remember if I, 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 doing different programs, I'm not sure. The Awan criminal cabal, did we talk about this? A little, you, you mentioned it, but okay. uh, Chris Gowan, I just want to make sure that we really drive this point home again. Let's not forget about the DNC. You know, the Hillary Clinton emails, of course. It, her devices were accessed by foreign powers. There's no question about it. There's no question about the reckless, the criminal, in my view, the criminality of what she did with her emails. But there's another aspect to this that overlaps into that, and that's the Democrats in Congress using the Awan, the Pakistani family, the Muslim family, the Awan brothers and the Awan family, I should say, that for the past 13 years under, in part, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who headed this up, and come to find out, just want to, again, make sure that we cite uh, CrowdSource the Truth and Jason Goodman, who found that Imran Awan is working at his Clinton-linked attorney's law firm 
allegedly, apparently, based on everything that we, you know, based on videotape documentation. So, you know, the swamp is deep, it's incestuous, and it overlaps. Now, it's easy to, to say, well, you know, if we don't see arrests, then so what, and throw up our hands. But, you know, um, at the same, by the same at the same time, we have to understand how how long this has been uh, growing, and, and and this this cancer has been uh, this cancer known as Islam and Marxism in our government, known as the deep state. Whether it's a Marxist ideology or it's an Islamic ideology or Marxist Islamic ideology, with a great dose of the homosexual agenda and the attacks on our biblical marriage and biblical family, all of this combined to, to make this this swamp, this fetid, putrid swamp. Um, so it, it's taking a long time to, to, to really get to that point. We've allowed it to get to that point. So if we've allowed it to get to that point by our, by us not saying anything or by us being too busy attacking others, you know, instead of the enemy. Again, if that's what you want your legacy to be in your last decade of life, then I feel sorry for you. But if you want to be part of fighting the enemy, then I think that we have a responsibility to do that, to expose it. So anyway, so it, uh, I start out by saying I've got a lot of notes and stuff, and I think that we need to just, just bookmark HagmanReport.com. Also, um, We've got independent shows or different shows. The Hagman Daily Show, Joe, Joe and John, 2 to 3, and, of course, the Doug Hagman Radio Show. And feedback on both, welcome. Um, yeah. my, my feedback is on is linked to my BTR, Blog Talk Radio. You can just go to HagmanReport.com and, and look at the different shows. But with that and with guest appearances, we get, we have to push forward and make, make a difference. And, you know, the people who are out there, by the way, there are people who are still trying to silence us. There are people who are... Uh, marking down every word, transcribing every word, and and, I'll, and as I said before, I'll see some of what I said. I'm sure in legal documents, and and it's you know it's now it's just a routine thing. I've got to you know you got to pay the lawyers because you know it's the uh, intentional infliction of emotional distress. You got these snowflakes, these these people who believe that they're you know they can they can hit a jackpot based on what we say. So um, nonetheless. That's where we're at. We have with us, and I don't want to take a minute away from him, Keith Hansen. Keith on the air. Keith Hansen, welcome to the welcome to the show. Hey guys, great to be hey, here. Bud. How are you? Yeah, I don't know. Let me check. We're live. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Yeah, Doug, you're good a machine. To, uh, good to hear you back in the saddle. Yeah, good to be back in the saddle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keith on the air is, uh, I, I mean, uh, folks. Keith Hansen, he's a uh, superstar up in the up in the northeast part of the United States, New Hampshire. Uh, Keith on the air, right? Keith on the air. Am I, uh, well, uh, Keith, well, the, the website now. Nah, the website, I wouldn't give that out because it's still. I, I just use the Facebook and the Twitter, right? As of right now, so Keith, Keith on the uh, Facebook.com forward slash Keith on the air, and right. then uh, uh, at real Keith Hansen on Twitter. Okay, yeah, follow Keith Hansen. Um, so we've got so much news as usual. It, mm -hmm. It's like drinking from a fire hose. So, what's on you? What are you talking about today? Uh, well, we, we certainly been talking about the, uh, uh, the ad nauseum 
the, uh, yeah. the North Korea deal and the reaction from both the establishment Republicans and certainly the progressive Democrats about this. Um, I think it's just absolutely hysterical watching them getting their knickers in a twist because it's not their guy. Um, and, you know, the one thing we, we, we've, we've said this before that, you know, the, the successes that Trump is enjoying right now, especially on, uh, in, in relation to North Korea, is not something that he should have. He does, he's not deserving of that. Um, it's not something that is, is his to enjoy for the simple reason that he is not a politician. He is not a statesman. And these people are beside themselves at how he's managed to get this far in, in, in this short period of time when they're the politicians and they're the statesmen and it's, you know, the, 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 the geopolitical, uh, triumphs should be theirs, not somebody like Donald Trump. And, you know, you think about this. This is, it's a beautiful thing to watch what's unfolding with this right now because every single expectation of failure that they have in Donald Trump, he's turned into successes. They laughed at him when, when, when he was talking about the employment numbers that he was going to be able to get and the, and the, the spike in the GDP. And yet he meets that and exceeds that. Um, you know, he gets the tax cuts done. He gets this deal done with North Korea. And instead of celebrating this and saying, listen, you know something? It doesn't matter. It's not a partisan issue. It's a win for the United States. They have to pick apart the way that he did this. And, you know, they're, they're comparing this to the lack of preconditions that, uh, that Obama had when he was talking about, before he was president, when he was a, a senator and they were talking about whether or not he would agree to, to, to meet with this, the, the leader of this, this rogue regime. Every expectation that they have had for him to fail, he has defied. And it, it's just, they cannot, they cannot wrap their head around how a person who has not done their time in the hallowed halls of D.C. with lobbyists on K Street is able to do what he's done in 500 plus days. It's, it's, it's astonishing. Yeah. You make some good points. I mean, just look at the, the what they're highlighting on, on, uh, his birthday today on the front of Drudge, economy, North Korea, World Cup, job, uh, jobless, 44-year low. The World Cup is, uh, he was able to bring back the World Cup in 2026 to uh, America. So, I mean, that's a, a good thing. But there's so much more. And there's so much mm -hmm. that he's tried to do that he's been hindered uh, by the, this globalist deep state from immigration to the travel ban to, uh, you know, the wall, on and on and on. And uh, we have information on, on what Paul Ryan's trying to do to push through some amnesty. But all in all, he has done yeah, more, it figure. seems, at a speed unlike we've seen with any other president. And I heard somebody on the fourth hour of Infowars uh, sometime last week make this statement that what happens when we, when, when Trump's term is over, whether it's in two years or, or six years, and we get another uh, politician type who doesn't speak clearly and directly to the American people, and back to the, you know, the Obama uh, types, and will that be acceptable to the American people after a president like Donald Trump? And I think that's a, a great argument to make because uh, people will, will have a higher level of expectations from presidents to come. Well, I think it goes back to the old adage of I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to vote for the lesser of two evils. And that's ultimately what it's going to boil down to. Um, you know, and, and I, I thoroughly expect he's setting himself up for a second term. No question about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be hysterical, um, hysterical, but also a little bit frightening watching uh, the, the reaction from the left if they realize they have a second four-year term 
with Trump. Uh, it, it certainly will be for interesting times. We, we've seen what's happened thus far. Um, once they realize that, uh, again, there's a, there's a second term in the works, it's, it could get very interesting. But that notwithstanding, I, I think, you know, eventually, sooner or later, the, you know, the Trump's presidency will come to an end, uh, whether it's in four years or in two more years or, again, whether it's in six. So that being said, you know, I, I think it, it certainly it, it leaves the impression fresh in the mind of the electorate of what we can achieve if we select the right person, but whether or not the right person is going to be willing to put themselves out there and experience everything that Trump has experienced. Remember, the media has been against him. His own party has been against him. The opposing party has been against him. Um, I mean, every aspect of his private life has been has been turned inside out and made a public spectacle. How many people have the fortitude to be able to to, to go through something like that and come out unscathed? And people ask all the time. And, and again, I don't, I don't know the man personally, but when you look at how he surrounds himself with family members, and I, I think that really is a protection mechanism. The people that he has at his core are the people who love him because of that family connection, and they're not going to turn on him. And that makes sense. If I were being assaulted 24-7 like that, I would surround myself again with people who, because of family bonds and family ties and blood, have unquestionable, unquenchable love for me. You, you need that. Um, but, but his makeup is different. I mean, there's something about the man who, the more that they jab at him, the more that he thrives on it. I mean, it, it, it's almost, he, he turns this into fuel. It's amazing to watch. Um, he, he's, his, his, and I believe his, his deal-making prowess is second to none. We're seeing that. You know, I, I don't believe there's a single thing that he goes through that he doesn't do an extensive cost-benefit-consequence analysis on. And I think that he is smart enough and he knows how to negotiate a deal Fluently enough to be able to take on somebody like Kim Jong Un and say, "Yeah, this this guy is. Trust me, we'll get this done." And I, I think you know, they're watching the left go, they're watching the, the the left go apoplectic because, oh my god, oh my, he's going to stop the war games. Okay, well, I thought that's what you wanted. I thought I thought people wanted these troops being brought home. I thought I thought the the, the progressive Democrats didn't want the United States to be this imperialistic, warmongering faction around the globe. So they should be happy that that's. Oh, no, 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 but, but we can't do that because North Korea is too much of a threat. Well, North Korea was so much of a threat to the progressive Democrats that they got absolutely nothing done under eight years of Barack Obama, except a couple of sternly worded letters, which did nothing. He laughed at them. But when you have somebody like Donald Trump in office, I think Donald Trump, when, when Kim Jong-un looks at somebody like Barack Obama and then looks at somebody like Donald Trump, I think the I, I think they're able to very clearly see what they're dealing with. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. First of all, it never would have happened because I can't imagine that Kim Jong Un would have ever met with Barack Obama. But if he did, I would suspect that Barack Obama probably would have given that slight, very subtle little bow to him that he was so famous for doing with world leaders. Good point. Well, you know, Keith. One of the, the the interesting things about these arguments that have come out is that some of these people on the left who have been very vocal about America interventionalism uh, in other countries militarily at that being such a bad thing and undeclared wars are and never trumpers too but these are the same people now that are saying oh this didn't accomplish anything and uh, just the sentiment you're talking about but 
these are the same people who, who talk about America can't be the world's police and we need to, you know. Right. So what, which way is it going to be? You can't have it both ways. Well, and again, that, that illustrates and highlights the hypocrisy from the never Trumpers, the hypocrisy from, from the left and certainly the hypocrisy from within the Republican party itself too. Um, they're, they're upset because it wasn't their guy who did this. Um, and it, and it, and it disproves all of their theories. You know, it, it's, it, you know, we, we've talked about this on, on your program before, how the progressive academics hate the free market system because it, it, the, 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 these people who are high school dropouts and college dropouts who are becoming multi-billionaires, these aren't the people who deserve the wealth. The people with all of the letters after their name, the liberal academics, these are the people who should be the, uh, these are the people that, that the spoils should be going to. Because that's the narrative that they've heard all the, you know, you want to be successful, you go and you get your education, then you get your bachelor's, and then you get your master's, and then you get your doctorate, and then all of the good things of the world will come to you. And then now the free market system, especially in the technology age, has made a mockery of that concept. And the same thing with, with Donald Trump. Somebody like Donald Trump should never be able to accomplish anything because he's not a politician. You know, I, I sat down and I was having dinner with, uh, uh, with a, a, a local mayor here, um, had him and his wife over for dinner, and we were talking about the renaissance that his city is, go is undergoing. And, and, and I was talking with a, with, a, with a manager of the county up here about the differences between what's happening in the county and what's happening in, in, in this gentleman's city. And the difference is that city is not sitting around having a whole bunch of central planners and academics talking about it. They're just getting it done. Whereas the county's not. They have to have planning committees. Now they gotta have a planning committee to study the effects of what the planning committee planned to plan about. And, and it's just, it's bureaucracy and it's waste and it's, it's almost the virtue signaling plus the guarantee that I still have a job. Because if I fix the problem, well now what good am I? But if we continue to have, have meetings about how we're gonna fix these problems, well I can justify my own existence because, well we just have to have a couple more meetings and then we'll get the, but it never comes. You see what I'm uh, what, what mm -hmm. I'm driving at here is is that this this is again he's not wasting time he's getting it done. The amazing thing is what could be done if he didn't have obstructionists within his own party. If the Republican Party could come together and say, "Listen, no matter how you slice it, we're doing things that are good." We're improving the economy. We're improving people's faith in the United States, in their jobs, in their communities, in their government. We're improving the standing of the United States on the global stage. If they could come together and realize the good things that could happen and just get it done, then, I mean, man, talk about making America great again. My God, the exactly. things that we could do. But he's doing a great job, despite all of that despite having obstructionists in his own party, despite having, you know, the, the media that despises him, he's doing great things. And, and about that media that despises him, at, at what point do they become a, I, I don't know, a seditious cabal or a treasonous cabal, or have we already passed that point? And, and oh, I know I it, we're, it, we're man, already well past that. All right, but it does get sticky in talking about this because when you start talking... Um, how do you? I, I wanted to ask you about this. So, when you look at the media, um, how do you reconcile this? All right, we don't want to 
we've got freedom of the press, but mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what we're seeing can be defined as really media. It's it's these are propaganda outlets, CNN, MSNBC, and the network uh, mm-hmm. platforms. So does that does freedom of of the press apply here? Do you know what I'm getting at? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to be yeah, no, hypocritical I, 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 in this. Yeah, no, I, I get your I, I get your point. Um, I, I think that there's been too much of, and and in the interest of this 24-hour news cycle, uh, when when CNN first came out, headline news first came out. Now it's just 24 hours. We've got to fill this time with something. Right. So what are we going to talk about? And so the problem is now that you've got you've got legitimate news. But then you've got far too many political opinion and political advocacy shows that are filling in. And I don't think people really understand the difference between the two. And I, you know, I, I, I've said this many, many times. I, I am a, I'm an advocacy journalist. Sure. What I do is I advocate for, in, in my, and there's, you know, there are days that I do, I, I do, you know, goofball interviews and I just have fun. And there are days that I do interviews that are very, very serious, and I'm asking the questions that the mainstream media would never ask of people. So it really depends on its roll of the dice and what day that it happens to be. But at the end of the day, people understand that what I'm giving them is opinion. I'm selling them a product. I'm selling them on why conservatism, why limited government, and personal responsibility and fiscal responsibility is critical. It's essential. It is the lifeblood of a free society. And I make no bones about that. This is advocacy. I'm advocating for that. Couldn't you make the same argument about that line or that rationale? Isn't MSA doing the same thing for uh, Marxism, for example? They are, but what they're not doing is they're not being honest with their viewers and saying, this is advocacy journalism. They're painting it as news and fact. And I'll tell you that right okay. off the bat. I'm an advocacy journalist. I'm a conservative. That's what I'm pushing for. I'm selling you conservatism. And every time that I go on the airwaves, whether it's television or radio, I am trying to sell people on why conservatism is the way for them to go. I'm not masking okay. this. And, and, and there's a difference. And, and again, with the lack of critical thinking skills, the lack of analytical skills, the, anal- the, the lack of an analytical framework, people take it and they consume it. And it's also that, that, that sociological concept called motivated reasoning. I'm going to seek out that which substantiates my opinion, my viewpoint, my perception of reality. So if I believe something based on whatever particular set of biases that I have, then I'm going to tune into the television show that really substantiates and validates what my opinion is. So if I'm a bleeding-heart liberal that believes that everybody should have everything for free and nobody should be responsible for anything, I'm going to seek out a media outlet that validates that viewpoint. And from there, I'm going to get my talking points and I'm going to get my news and everything else like that. So, you know, I mean, they're... Yeah, in the same way. you know? Yeah, and I think I think, and I appreciate that distinction that she that you made, because a lot of a lot of people are, are they they don't understand that distinction or don't recognize that distinction. Thank you for that. And you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm I, you know, I I don't profess to be an expert on any of this stuff. I'm just a guy who has an opinion and a microphone, and I give every single one of my listeners a bottomless bowl of BS flags. 
and you are entitled to throw a BS flag out anytime you want to. And that's the beautiful thing about what I do and what you do. Okay, if you're watching Rachel Maddow or Chris Matthews or Brett Baer or any of these other uh, anchors or newscasters or pundits or whatever you want to call them, do you have the opportunity to reach out to them and interact with them directly and throw a BS flag down and have them address uh, them? Of course not. No, no. But can you do that in 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 talk radio? Of course you can. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. And so, unlike these people, who can in essence, say whatever they want to say, invite the Twitter feeds and invite the Facebook messages and all that stuff and selectively pick which ones they're going to read at the end of their shows, they're never held accountable. But if I say something that's outlandish, that's crazy, that's objectionable, I'm going to have people that are going to call me out on that directly. They're going to pick up their phone, they're going to call my phone number, my local number or my toll-free number, and they're going to say, that's absolutely crazy what you just said. And now I'm on the spot. Now, I have True. one person calling me out in front of all of my listeners, and I better damn well have the ability, have the intellectual prowess, have the critical thinking skills to back up and substantiate and validate the opinion that I just put forth. Otherwise, I'm going to have the shortest career since that Pope that got poisoned. <laughs> and that's why we like Keith Hansen. Uh <laughs> That's at real Keith Hansen on Twitter, folks. Uh, follow Keith. Um, closing thoughts here in the minute we got left. Any, it's floor's yours, my brother. You, uh, you want to talk about uh, what's coming up in September? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, let's do it. Go. I'll, I'll let you, you. I'll let you roll with it. You tell your listeners what's uh, what's up. All right. A week from this weekend, we, uh, we have forty-five seconds. We uh, are going to be joining Keith. In Ohio, no, 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 not this, not this, no, no, no. I was, I was talking about the one in September, the, the, the oh. thing in DC. But if you want, oh, to oh, the, oh, I'll tell you what. Let's not do that. Uh, we'll give that more time. Um, I've got to say to our listeners, we owe Keith Hansen. The Hagman Report owes Keith Hansen a, a great deal, a great debt of gratitude. Um, you're going to see some things this September. We are so honored. Yeah, to be some here. awesome things. Yeah, uh, Keith, I apologize. Um, but yeah, can we? Can we? We'll, we'll we'll let people know later on if that's all right. Okay. Is that okay? That's, that's fine. I didn't know if that was. We'll make an official to, announcement. Uh, yeah. To uh, to announce or not, but. All right. Man. Well, Keith Hansen, the uh, Keith Hansen show. Thank you. He joins us each Thursday in the nine o'clock slot. We thank you so much. He's Keith, a machine. And, have a, a, He's a, and tune in if you're up in, in New Hampshire. Tune in to uh, WNTK ninety nine seven. We'll talk to you later. Well. Can, uh, yeah, right. I mean, you can do it across the uh, from uh, six to uh, six to six a.m. to ten a.m. Eastern time. Just go to wntk.com, stream the show, um, and uh, share your thoughts. I'd love to uh, love to hear from people who are tuning in, who are regular listeners to the Hagman Report. All right, and uh, I know Kevin up there listens as well. So, all right, brother, talk soon. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. God bless. All right, folks. Network breaking. Be right back. Direct your Such a great guest. We want to thank all of our guests. Keith Hansen, of course. He, what he was talking about in September, we, we've got an announcement to make that uh, we'll make it here sh- shortly. But talking, uh, I'm excited. We're excited. Uh, it's probably not right to tease everyone like this, except to say that there's something going to happen in December. Now, you've got Branson. The, don't forget the True Legends concert. You say concert, December? Uh, con- no, September. September. Okay, I'll be all right. 
uh, the <laughs> <laughs> the True Legends Conference in Branson. By the way, tickets going quickly, live stream. Sign up for that. Make sure you do that. But also, there's something else going on in September that we're going to be a part of that I'm we're just not ready to 100% ready to tell you yet that when you hear about this, you're going to say, wow. Because I said, wow. And I want to thank Keith Hansen for setting this up uh, for us. And there are some absolutely tremendous people involved in this. Yeah. Um, that we owe just so much uh, a debt of gratitude to because um, we will be, I'll just say this, we're going to be put in a position <laughs> that few radio platforms are in. Yeah, okay. and just, leave, just it leave it at that. And then, you, how's that for a teaser, okay? So don't throw anything at me, all right? All right, so real quick before we bring Honeybee on, something we've been talking about over the last few days, which is the robotic child sex dolls that are, uh, as we see this huge increase of, of people Let me tell you, engaging in sexual wrong. activity with it's dolls. Wrong. I, 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 I'm sorry. Child sex dolls is Gons. a huge, huge concern. Gons, call me. Okay, I heard that interview. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a good, good news on this front. There. Okay, but there, let me let me just say this: a child sex doll. If you if you own one, <laughs> if you if you rent one, if you want one, okay, I, I'm coming after you. I just leave it at that. It's not okay in any form. And the United States Congress agrees with you as today they approved a ban on the importation and trafficking of anatomically correct child sex dolls and robots that normalize sex between adults and minors. The proposal was approved in the House by a voice vote and now moves to the Senate. These dolls can be programmed to simulate rape. The very thought of that makes me nauseous, according to Bob Goodlett, a Virginian Republican. So this is a step in the right direction. Congress seeking to ban and by the way that that was not the disparage that was not the disparage I guess uh, I heard you guys talking about it and I heard I, I understood where he was coming from in terms of well okay one might look at it right as, that, that would hinder it would stop you know? uh, right no 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 God sake look we'll talk all right brother no uh, no 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 it ain't right no way shape or form and if I ever see one um, run okay <laughs> Um, I'm good for about the first five seconds in running. After that, I gotta shoot. Okay. So, you know, there it is. All right. We have with us Melissa Zachariah, the honeybee, and she's come on to talk about a number of very interesting, uh, topics. I got the list right in front of me here, and, uh, we don't have, like a butterfly. I don't know if we're gonna have time to cover all these, so let's get right into it. Melissa, welcome back to the show. Hey guys, I, I just caught the last conversation about the anatomically correct pedophile dolls. Um, I have been on this campaign uh, alongside Representative Dan Donovan for a year. Uh, he was very vocal about this Creeper Act, which is the curbing mm-hmm. realistic exploitative uh, pedophile dolls. Um, we have been trying to tweet that out for quite some time. I'm really happy to know that this is going further uh, to the Senate to have these things banned because they absolutely... Uh, they feel like they're condoning pedophilic activity, and uh, we just can't have that in this okay. country. So, M- Melissa, okay, because my head's going to explode. I need that that uh, what's that aside from duct tape? Duct duct tape doesn't even work anymore. It's that flux flux tape that flex seal flex seal. Okay, but okay, can you imagine going to work? What do you do? Oh, I make uh, 
anatomically correct, uh, you know, infants. I, we need to strafe these play, these play. I mean, seriously, uh, help me out here. It, it's 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 unnerving uh, that this is actually what we're looking at these days for things we have to, you know, vote against <laughs> as having child sex dolls available on the market. Um, it's you know something like like yesterday I did a a really great presentation. I hope it was great. I hope they thought it was great. It was a remote presentation for the Henry County Town Hall meeting. Uh, they had put together a special forum for human sex trafficking and child sex trafficking. Um, and I I don't think a lot of people understand uh, how invasive the pedophile campaign is. By the way, um, we heard. I would just want to give you uh, give you props. We heard about that, and the great job you did from someone who was in, who attended. I guess is the word. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay, and sent me an email saying, "Wow, what a great job!" So, continue. I'm sorry. I just want to let you know that your work is not going unnoticed. Well, thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. And whoever wrote that email, thank you. I'm glad that you attended. That's the first step is getting involved at the local level and in your communities uh, to, to put a, a shining light on these issues. Um, you know, the, the pedophile advocacy is, is a big topic that I addressed in this particular presentation, uh, talking about the groups that aim to abolish the age of consent groups that want the public to wrap their arms around, uh, they call it being pedosexual or a minor attracted person, um, pseudo-intellectual terms uh, to kind of justify their, their depravity. Um, personally, I don't care if you claim to be a non-contact or if you're full out, you know, trying to, to have a relationship with a child. Um, it's a dangerous narrative, and it needs to stop. We're not living in, you know, the 14, 1500s where the life expectancy was, you know, 17 to 25. You had to get kids in. Um, th- this is a different world, a different time where we can give kids the opportunity to grow and to learn and to be children. Uh, so this is a very serious issue that I am on the ground trying to uh, eradicate uh, this kind of advocacy. NAMBLA is still around, live in a well. Um, we tried to get their website taken down last uh, month. Uh, we were able to take it down for a little while, but it's back up online again. Um, it's a constant fight, but until we can speak up as a nation, lots of voices saying, no, we don't want this. Um, that That's what it's going to take. So, um, again, that meeting yesterday I think was really important uh, communities and counties are stepping up and they're addressing the issue uh, to make the public aware of what's happening and how we have to work as a community to protect the children as as a family, you know, as a larger family and not just worry about the number one. Um, I think that's part of the problem is the destruction of the family. <laughs> and I think a lot of people will agree with me on that. You know, uh, Dr. Paul Kanger wrote a book and I would urge everyone to grab it. It's called Takedown. And there's another book that uh, it's not a it's not a light read. It's called Sexual Sabotage. It's about Kinsey, Alfred Kinsey, and it's absolutely disgusting what this uh, perverse individual by the name of Alfred Kinsey, in my view, perverse uh, what he had done. Um, but having said that, 
the work you're doing to combat this perversity is so important. And speaking of perversity, you know, the night I'm in the news, um, we've been it just it just ignited on social networking. Do you want to talk, address, to whatever extent you you feel comfortable, um, the the South Tucson or the Tucson situation, or do you want to not just? I mean, it's up to you. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take you up on that, Doug, because I think it's really important, especially for my my followers, uh, the truth community as a whole, and what we stand for, and what we're trying to do um, as a as a community of people that want the truth. Um, we we all vet information, we all look out for one another, and we try to really put the truth out there, especially when you have a mainstream media. Um, that has completely decided to make this a you know a, a partisan you know everyone on the on the right is evil everyone on the left can do whatever they want um, the truth is the truth no matter who you are what you believe in what your political affiliation is and that's really where we come from uh, within the new media uh, you know this community that we find ourselves in so when I see situations like this and we've seen them a lot lately and I know that we've talked about this in the past. Um, about infiltration, a disinfo, and, uh, you know, a veering away from the path of truth. Um, I don't have any personal beef with what veterans on patrol in Tucson are doing for the homeless community and for the homeless veterans in their community. There, I've looked up many articles that paint their, their, uh, group in a very good light, that they're trying to do good things for the community. The problem is, uh, is this one character, uh, we all know who he is, um, he, for some reason, uh, has this pattern of behavior where he needs to inject himself into things that really have nothing to do with him personally, um, and also bringing in disinfo in the sense of things that are really embellished and probably not what they're they're seeming to be. Um, I am not saying that there isn't something fishy going on in Arizona, uh, in particular Tucson, uh, Sierra Vista. I was just there for my documentary filming about a military pedophile ring uh, that was trafficking children through foster care, being abused by military officials. Um, I know that there's a problem in Arizona. It is something that we address all of the time. The problem with this situation is that I feel this group, they are constantly saying, I watched all of their Facebook, I've watched all of their YouTube videos, I've been watching it for many days now, everything that they have to say. Um, they are touting that they don't ask for donations, but they have always accepted donations for the whole period that they've been trying to do this for, for their people in, in Tucson, their homeless community. Um, what's happening is that people, they're tugging on their heartstrings with the um, the sex trafficking of children. Now, before this uh, went down last Tuesday, where he called in Craig Sawyer, who is a resident of Tucson, Arizona. Mind you, this is not something that this guy got a hold of Craig. He was on the road somewhere, and, like, he knows who Craig is. Craig might not know who he is, and I, I don't think he, he did before this, but um, I'm guaranteeing <laughs> you this is something that they tried to piggyback uh, off of Craig uh, to get their voices out there for the Facebook live streams, for the donations. I mean, they are just plastering 
their Facebook with uh, equipment and water and backpacks and flags and machetes and all kinds of gear. Uh, not for the homeless community. He's trying to get gear and donations for the people that he's inviting into this area uh, armed. Uh, they're, they're right now, they're actually training uh, citizens to use firearms. They have AR-15s that they customarily walk around town with, ex- escorting homeless veterans here and there and everywhere, getting in a lot of trouble. And this man has a criminal history of trespassing, assault, disorderly conduct, uh, you name it. This guy is not a veteran. Uh, and it makes me a little concerned that you have a lot of veterans and ex-military uh, and ex-law enforcement following this guy who has a criminal record, who's never served, never been trained. Uh, he has become the beacon of light um, where they've, they've turned their mission from helping homeless veterans uh, to injecting themselves into the child sex trafficking uh, investigation uh, or what have you. So I'm a little nervous about what this is doing to our credibility as people that have been looking into child sex trafficking for many years, as well as them bringing in Craig Sawyer. There's a really good reason why Craig Sawyer has distanced himself from this group. Uh, this is not, not what he uh, signed up for. He was hoping to see uh, children being rescued. That was the main reason he even went down there in the first place. So I would be very weary, folks. Use your discernment. Um, do I think that VOP has great intentions for their homeless community of veterans? Absolutely. And if you want to support them in that, please do. But this kind of stuff, uh, you know, they're filming themselves breaking into unoccupied, not abandoned homes, uh, cutting wires of security cameras armed with, uh, you know, guns. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a gun. I love guns. Okay, there's. I have no problem with gun ownership at all. But in this situation where you're, you're kind of antagonizing local police. Yeah. Uh, you're going in there antagonizing uh, people in their property. Uh, it's just a very dangerous thing. And you know, he was involved in the Bundy Ranch standoff on some level. He likes to go to these hot media places and, and inject, inject himself into these situations. I mean, this could be very dangerous. You're dealing with gangs, MS-13, drug cartels, and human trafficking cartels. We are not going to leave it up to this guy to be the cleaner-upper. I'm sorry, I don't put my money on him. I would put my money on Craig Sawyer any day. He is working hand-in-hand with police uh, and military to do what he's doing, and he's doing a fantastic job rescuing children and putting people behind bars, and that's on paper. I could so, not have said that any, to, that was the most coherent and precise, uh, thank you. That was the best. And, and folks, listen to that again. Any questions about Tucson? Honeybee just, just explained it. And you should have no questions if you listen to her and what she said. And by the way, Honeybee's got impeccable resources. Um, she, she databases uh, information sources that, uh, just like mine, as a, as a licensed investigator, that, hey, you know, everything that she said, I verified. And she, she told me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for, thank you for addressing that. I just hope people, be, I hope you, I hope people listen to, to you. 
on this. Thank you. It's the truth, though. That's the thing. You've got to follow the truth. And like I said, there, there's definitely something going on in that area. I mean, we just had their chief of police. He was just in court yeah. last year for uh, potentially covering up some uh, sex trafficking of an individual within three different police departments. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he was the one that was involved in the sex trafficking or, or covering up as an individual, but it is quite suspicious that he came down to Tucson shortly after that. Um, you know, there, there are things to look into. And, and, in this yeah, case. I don't mean to interrupt, but for those who question, here is the, here is the legal case against that individual you just referenced right here. Here it is. Um, it's in black and white. And so, you know, it's, it's available for, Review, but thank you. I, just so people know that it's real. And a, a, over a year ago, there was some uh, speculation on the inter- internet about something that was set to break called Tucson Gate, which referenced the, uh, the child sex trafficking angle uh, of all this heavily and deeply embedded in the the leadership in Tucson. But nothing ever materialized from that until we saw what happened uh, you know just a few days ago which is not addressing the issues like you said the lawsuit right there that's uh something we can we can put our hands on and read and and, and say you know these these are claims that are, are made we know the mayor is uh, uh Jonathan or Jacob Rothschild and there's some other very weird connections you know there but i believe just like everywhere every major uh, city in in the US there are these big issues of child trafficking and that's why it's so important you did the uh that seminar uh you know to help people Identify with, with are with you doing these more things? of those? Um, are you scheduled to do any more? Uh, I hope so. I'd actually like to, to get one going in my in my area. Um, I actually am between two states, so I could actually bang out two states and, and get that going. Um, this was my first presentation um, for for something like this, so I really do hope to do more of them. If anybody would like me to do a presentation for their community, uh, just get a hold of me. You can find me on my email at hbee at protonmail.com, um, and I I would love to do that uh, and even get your your people prepared to do their own presentations with information. You know that that's where it starts okay. definitely. Community. All right, and so just to be clear, people can contact you via email, hbee at protonmail.com? That's right. All right, again, hbee, for example, honeybee, but hb, honeybee, hbee at protonmail.com. Folks, uh, send out, and you'll speak to, uh, is there a limit, like, you won't. I mean, how many? How few people will you will you address in your? We got got to have a couple of dozen anyway, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, you know, if if you only get five people, that's a start. You know what I mean? Sometimes okay. it only takes changing one mind <laughs> to start a tidal wave. So, you know, I would love to see hundreds of people packed in town halls every meeting. Uh, that's kind of where we're we're lacking here. I think is people's engagement with their local government. And I'm going to have to send you the email because you, you received high praise for your presentation and your your well your presentation, uh, the information that you gave. So, so thank you for doing that. And we need we need you out there doing that. And I thank you for doing just that. Joe. Absolutely. In the last nine minutes we have left, I want to make sure we cover uh, some of these other points, Tracy. Uh, two things I see here: that the trust component. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. We we had you both on had you both on on the same show. 
And, no, uh, I love Tracy. No, I know. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> but the uh, some of the things you have here, the trust component in America, uh, as well as the diminishing trust between the media and the public, is this a strategic plan? Let's start with the first one, the trust component in America. The, the uh, Americans trusting each other, trusting our institutions of power, trusting our media. I think all these are at an all-time low. And what does that mean for uh, the morale of our society and, and for our culture? Absolutely. So you have a, a, a culture right now who has, uh, you know, turned off the television. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, th- there is no faith in the media. Um, it has become weaponized. Uh, it's become saturated with uh, political uh, bias, um, you know, and, and pretty much, uh, you know, fake news, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. And you have a community of people who are pushing to, to put the truth out there. So you have a lot of independent um, news channels, independent researchers sharing information with each other and trying to get it out there. Then you have an even larger group of people that have tuned out, that do understand, you know, that there's something wrong with our media. I mean, if you guys need a lesson on what the media is supposed to be, listen to, to John F. Kennedy's speech. Uh, we always play the other one where he's, he's talking about uh, other important things about our country, but we have to listen to the one about the media. It's really important that you hear what he has to say because when you don't have trust in the media, you have people who are starving for, okay, what's going on? Like, it's anxiety. Uh, there, there's not a lot of morale. There isn't a lot of community. When people are lost for who's, who do I trust? You don't have trust. I mean, you think about the hierarchy of needs. You know, you have food, shelter, uh, you know, you have trust that you're going to be able to, to survive the next day or trust the people around you. They're not going to hurt you. Um, this is the kind of, of trust we've lost in the media. So I feel people are, are like, not that they're gullible, but they're just very willing to to give uh, you know their attention over to somebody that might not actually have their best interests in mind. And again, you have to understand the MSM and the powers that be understand this issue. You don't think they're the first ones to try to get in there and uh, infiltrate the newest you know hot craze of of media, which is the independent media, the alternative media. Of course they're involved, they're infiltrating. Of course they're trying to spin the narrative back towards, you know, the, the way that they want you to think about things. You have to be very careful about who you're putting all your eggs into their basket, you know what I'm saying? Um, use your discernment. This age right now in technology, we have everything at our fingertips to learn the truth through documentation, through history, through archives. It's very possible that you yourself can inform yourself. You don't have to depend on others to constantly be loading you with information. It's kind of like what the MSM was doing in the first place, just spoon-feeding people the narrative, spoon-feeding people what it means to be an American. You know, you know what it means to be an American. You just have to look at the Constitution, you know, and stand by those principles of truth, you know, and freedom. Amen. So we'll get there. We'll get there. We only have about uh, two and a half minutes left. It's you've got the floor. Whatever you'd like to to wrap up with, close with, it's all yours. Sure. I actually wanted to to publicly thank John Paul Rice and Edgar Bravo for letting me come to their premiere of A Child's Voice 
um, A Child's Voice premiered uh, last week. It is a uh, thriller film about a little boy um, who gets in, involved in a, a ritualistic sort of situation. I won't give it away. I'd love for you guys to go check it out on Venmo. Um, but the the reason it was so important to me um, and why I was invited, uh, as well as other uh, Pedogate researchers were invited to go to this, um, is because it's 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 Hollywood actually shining a light on an issue that big Hollywood is having a hard time addressing. Um, you know, these guys are independent. They're going out there and they're making movies about real human issues that are not discussed um, in Hollywood very often. So I want to give them a round of applause and a very warm thank you for having them let us be there and be a part of that great experience. We were able to meet the cast. Uh, we're fantastically talented young folks uh, that really wanted to meet us because they were moved by the work that they were doing in this movie. So please go check out A Child's Voice by No Restrictions Entertainment. I know I think you're going to have John on tomorrow night, I heard, right? Yes, we are, as a matter of fact. Awesome. And we will, uh, of course, pass that sentiment uh, along. But A Child's Voice... And people can watch this streaming, correct, online? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, they can. And I believe if you go to Twitter and go to No Restrictions, um, you can find links to all of their information and where you can get the video. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You're, uh, um, I view you, your team, what you do is, is very valuable in the education and the fight against this uh, perversity that's so pervasive in our country and, and across the world, and I thank you for what you do. I, I know it's a wow, um, just wow, you know, but, but you thank do a good you, job. You really I do. really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on here and talk to you every now and then. Well, so Appreciate I'll having you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well th- thank you so much, uh, Melissa, and, and may God bless you and keep you safe. And we'll, we'll talk soon, but um, you're doing a great job, and, and I would urge everyone to follow uh, Melissa on, on the honeybee on, on Twitter. Twitter is at the honeybee, right? Uh, yeah, at the honeybee uh, with an underscore. Okay, all right. And l- l- let's uh, let's all follow Melissa because uh, she does great work, and we need to uh, and support her too. And well. also uh, the uh, Red Pill Expo. She's going yes. to be representing yes. uh, the Hagman Report in. At, at the Red Pill Expo, redpillexpo.org. You can find the banner on our website. John uh, will be there, as well as Anthony uh, Cordonaga, and they will be representing Hagman Report. Uh, as well as themselves, and, and yeah. rubbing the elbows with some of the great leaders. Yeah, getting interviews and, and yeah. uh, uh, networking with all the great people who are going to be speaking there and, and attending the conference. So we really thank you for that, uh, and I know... Uh, you know, we're all happy that that you're going in in place of us. You haven't and changed your mind, have you? <laughs> no, you're you're excited. I'm like stoked. I can't wait to go and represent the Hagman Report. What a great honor! I am so blessed. Couldn't think you of a better can... person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I, I would hope that people listening to this undecided about going to the Red Pill Expo, uh, just for meeting her alone, it's well worth the cost of admission. Uh, and that's the honeybee at uh, and John and of course Anthony at, at the Red Bull Expo. So thank you for doing that. Thank you guys. God bless. Oh, yeah, Be awesome. well and take care, you guys. I will talk to you soon. Keep in touch. All right. 
Folks, that'll do it for us tonight. Uh, wow, what a great program. What a, uh, it was a frustrating program, at least the, the oh, first hour. You know, the, the first, look, look, you, you had this, this drop here, this report. I downloaded it for you, so it's in here. 500 pages, 568 pages. Well, actually, I, I just the 499 of content. I left out the indices or appendices and uh, such, but, but the bottom line is this. We are in a time like no other. We're involved in a coup or watching a coup, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to fight. No other choice, but we fight. What else can we do? Uh, continue to move forward, and we will do just that. We'll be back here tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Don't forget the daily shows, the Doug Hagman Radio Show and the Hagman Daily Show. Yeah. On Blog Talk Radio. I, I want to just tell people, Global Star. I, I will be uh, giving my analysis of this, uh, so arming you with information so you can go out and talk to others, just the bullet points, so you'll be able to say, okay, here's what it says, here's, you know, the OYG report. Mm-hmm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal some of Tracy's stuff. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We'll be back tomorrow.